Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Busters call. Join the discussion by dialing 724-447-444. Call ID 90337. Yeah! Hey, what's going on? Hey, how you doing, everybody? Uh, yeah, well, it is Monday... And it's June 5th, and it's 2017. It looks like I've got uh, some uh, live participants in the chat right now. i got Kalita Bragante, Mahatma Coat, not, not so Freemason, Papa Cat. Excellent. All right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, what's well, a Monday night call? Right. And then... Um, so, uh, yeah, I got, uh, some several postings on the hoaxbusterscall.com blog site, if you want to check those out. Uh, got, um, a quote here that, uh, I was reading this, uh, well, last time I was talking about this book, The Mystic Chords of Memory, and I read a quote from that on the last call, and I'm going to read the, a couple of paragraphs out of that book that is the lead up to the quote that I read out of that book last call. Instead of just doing a, a quote. Uh, I was trying to find where... Okay, this is right here is where... Uh, let's I'll start reading at this part. Uh, we arouse and arrange our memories to suit our psychic needs. Historians on the left are surely correct in referring to the social production of memory, quote-unquote, and in pos positing the existence of dominant memories or a mainstream collective consci consciousness along with alternative, usually subordinate, memories. Such historians are equally sensible to differentiate between official and more spontaneous or populistic memories. 
we should be very cautious, however, for taking for granted the cohesion, clarity, and retentiveness, retentiveness of either civic or popular memory. <clears throat> Abundant evidence demonstrates that both can be sorely truncated or blurred. How often have we been exhorted to recall some public catastrophe, often a humiliation, precisely because amnesia seemed ominous? Remember the Alamo, quote-unquote. Remember the Maine, quote-unquote. Remember the Pearl Harbor. Uh, in a cartoon by Roland B. Wilson that appeared in Esquire in March 1965, Mexican troops are storming the Alamo. Two soldiers carry a ladder together. The confident one says to his gloomy chum, Oh, stop worrying. The public has a short memory. The truth of that quip is transnational, so much so that critics seem to vie with one another in, de in deploring its distinctive validity in their own culture. Uh, Jeffrey Elton goes to excess in condemning Great Britain. There is no country in which memories are notoriously shorter. N nowhere else are actions, political, social, even personal, less influenced by earlier events or decisions. Nowhere else does the present regard itself as less committed by what happened in history, unquote. In the United Kingdom, truly. But now listen to Greg Greenfield, the widely read American editorial writer. Uh, we have no collective memory, none. If it happened more than six hours ago, it is gone. What this says to me is that we just don't know how to think about the past, and so we try not to. There is neither memory, nor history, nor whole people, nor any sense of time, unquote. Hyperbole? Perhaps a bit, but such slings and arrows may serve to warn us that the more we read about memory, the more we also are reminded of amnesia. These are core coordinate concepts because they remain constant realities and unlike some recent enthusiasts for popular memory quote unquote embrace oral cultures working class and, and community history Greenfield differentiates between memory and history all of history cannot be remembered and collective memory must be used with discrimination by the historian what history what history and memory share in common is that both merit our mistrust yet both must nevertheless be nourished. If collective memory, usually a code phrase for what is remembered by a dominant civic culture, and popular memory, usually for referring to ordinary folks, are both abstractions that have to be handled with care, what, if anything, can we assert with assurance? That public interest in the, in the past pulses, it comes and goes, that we have highly selective memories of what we have been taught about the past that the past must be mobilized to serve partisan purposes, that the past is commercialized for the sake of tourism and related enterprises, that invocations of the past as tradition may occur as a means of resisting change or of achieving innovations, that history is an essential ingredient in defining national group and personal identity, that the past and its sustaining evidence may give pleasure for purely aesthetic and non-utilitarian reasons, and finally, that individuals and small groups who are strongly tradition-oriented commonly seek to stimulate and share a sense of the past within their region. Uh, William Sum Sumner Appleton of New England, their, their social class. Henry Francis DuPont of Winter Thur, their ethnic group. Uh, Charles Carter G. Woodson, who established Negro History Week, their denomination. John... Gil, Mary, Shea, and uh, Catholic Historical Society, or even their entire nation, George Bancroft. There are also 
they also seem to succeed in varying degrees and for diverse lengths of time. Being a custodian of the past is primarily its own reward. Such custodians may exude a missionary impulse because they commonly regard people without tradition or a sense of the past as barbarians, quite literally. That was true of Jacob Buckhart of Basel, a 19th century progenitor of cultural history, and it was equally true of Wallace Nutting, the remarkably influential American antiquarian who declared in his autobiography, quote, we are yet mostly barbarous, unquote. Indeed, custodians of tradition have been prone to fits of despair whenever the morale of memory lagged. Hence the passage in private letter from historian William Roscoe Thayer to Henry Cabot Lodge in 1921 at the time of the pilgrim. Uh, Tercenitary. I don't know that word, but anyway. Our collective, our acceleration and adaptation adaptability to change makes the new and unexpected quickly appear familiar and habitual so we soon forget the past an ominous fact at this time when a thousand crazy novelties press for adoption and the steadying tradition of the past restrains nobody and that was the quote i read last time on the call yeah well see that is uh yeah that's that that is uh an instructive couple of paragraphs in my opinion and so now we're in the year 2017 and we're in the future we're in the technological future yeah we're doing stuff technologically that would be unheard of uh a couple of decades ago i had some other stuff too that i wanted to post and i never got around to uh i just got in a little bit earlier and i was just trying to get caught up on some stuff that i was posting and uh this one i wanted to post was a guy that was making a prediction based on the uh, advent of oh the they called it then the microcomputer which is a personal home computer that are, that people were starting to get in their homes and this particular individual was a computer salesman and uh i'll I'll post that up later but um basically what he said is like well you know this is going to create jobs and it's also going to eliminate jobs certainly but the jobs it's going to eliminate are jobs that need to be eliminated anyway and yeah it's just going to be nothing but positivity coming out of the microcomputer so-called uh what this will obviously lead to well this is i'm just paraphrasing what he said he didn't say these exact words but it, but this was a sentiment that i believe that was around at that time and i think this was from 1984 the year 1984 um essentially saying that yeah so we everybody you know get looking forward to this is this is progress this is science and uh yeah, it's, it's just the the three the three day work week is is just around the corner, everybody. And I think that was uh, kind of anticipated with uh, the advent of yeah the the personal computer, and certainly production, like worker production, has since the advent of computers. 
Because if you just think about certain aspects of uh, computers as far as their utility towards records keeping and running a business more efficiently and more productively. Now, certainly that computers have had a dramatic impact on all that, haven't they? I would think so. But then there's the offset cost of training people and getting people up to speed on all that. So there's kind of a there's kind of like a uh, countervailing forces at work where one may benefit, but the other. So you got people that are kind of computer illiterate that must need to be trained. Those are that aspects of it. But I think overall, and certainly it's it's it's, it's come to some degree of maturity in the year 2017. But where is all the additional prosperity that a technology like that would certainly warrant? I mean, certainly we should be expecting, uh, of course, incorporating into also the the advent of the Internet. And man, it's like. Where is all the additional prosperity? Where is the three? Where is the three-hour work week? Where is the? And I've went on about this. I went on and on about this before. And I brought up. I, I bring up this quite frequently. Is like, yeah, compare and contrasting primitive cultures with our modern existence that we take for granted, and and I think that we've always been trained. I think this is something that's been sort of hammered into us that yeah our modern culture and our ways of doing things with the money system and our uh you know mass production and uh specialized labor and specialized knowledge and the uh advent of more and more accumulated knowledge and more and more specialized fields this is the way to go this represents progress this remit this rep- represents nothing but benefits to the average individual and uh that is questionable i know i've i've made reference to different uh critics of civilization there's some pretty good ones out there. There's jo- Jocks of Lowell. There's a different one. writers out there that go into a really good critique of uh, civilization. And then it, it brings into question, is like, oh, is that really true? I mean, is that really the case? Because we can see these technologies come along and they hold all this promise. And it's like, wow, this is going to be great. This is going to be good. We're going to get we're going to eliminate some of these menial tasks. We're going to create new jobs. We're going to be more efficient. We're going to be more productive. And I and I do believe that certainly has been the case. I mean, as far as productivity, yeah, the computers have made it, it's just a tool and it's a powerful tool and it makes people more productive and it makes things possible that weren't really possible before and it also makes things more efficient and makes record keeping easier. Uh, man, yeah, it's a lot of benefits as far as the mechanization of society and getting things sort of efficient and getting things sort of uh, uh, to the point where, yeah, they're more productive, of course. Absolutely, yes, certainly. But where is the three-day work week? Is it coming? Nope. Mm-mm. No. Nope. Sorry. Nope. Matter of fact, it's like more. most people... 
that I know work more than ever. I work more than ever. It was like, uh, yeah, so it's common now to have, for, for an individual to have two jobs. Yeah, I have a full-time job. I used to have like three. I've, I've had as many as, if you include part-time jobs, I've had as many at one time as four jobs, and uh, which I don't think is that uncommon. Uh, it's like, but the other yeah, part-time jobs, there was different, you know, so it's like, no, people aren't working less is what is the point. And it's like, well, should they be? It's like, well, yeah, all this additional production, you think that would result in people working less. But as we see the new technology coming along, which is uh, not new, it's actually just kind of a, 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 a reworking of or an advancement of current stuff that's been around a long time, which is a mechanization with robotics. And I think that a lot of hype is surrounding it now, but it's no, it's just kind of like where it's, it's reaching a certain apex and it's, and it's now it's getting to the point where, uh, it's sort of this exponential increase in the, uh, efficiency of these machines. And the, and then as microcircuitry gets cheaper and, and, these these types of uh, advancements become it's, it's not so much that the technological capability hasn't been there is that it hasn't been disseminated out into the uh, industries and into people's hands but now we're starting to see it now we're starting to see more advanced and more uh, adoption of uh, robotics into taking the place of some, some more so-called menial jobs. Is that resulting in the three-hour work week? Is that resulting in more leisure time for the average person? And then subsequently more making more for less money or less time? Nope. Nope. No, matter of fact, it's uh, it's the opposite. It's just like, well, you, you just don't have a job. And you don't have a way to take care of yourself. And then you have to be dependent on the system somehow. You either get on food stamps or something because there's just less and less jobs. And then now they're talking about, oh, yeah, we're, gonna, we're going to have self-driving cars. We're going to have all this stuff. And it's like, oh, great. So that's going to be more. That's going to be the three-hour work week. And that's the one we're going to. Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. They're saying, no, now we got to come up with some scheme. We're going to have a. Uh, mandatory minimum income or something like that where everybody just gets paid for existing because there's just not going to be jobs available i said oh really that's how it all works out yeah okay but i mean that would make some kind of sense which actually is uh on its surface doesn't sound like that bad of a deal but at the same time i i'm sure people would rather have jobs available i mean too you know if if you wanted to make more than the minimum mandatory income, but um, that is uh, how things have progressed. That's what we're talking about. Progress. We talk about that a lot. Uh, yeah, not so Freemason saying he's being mechanized out of more hours every week on his job. Yeah, so they start cutting back your hours, and they're getting more mechanization in. And so they start cutting back on people's hours. I noticed that, too. And that's another reason why people have two jobs, sometimes three jobs. 
It's like yeah, I do. I just I can't get any hours at my job. I got to go get another job. And then then you got the hassle of trying to juggle schedules and all that. And that is just that is just an absolute pain in the ass. It, it's just it's just rough. But um, no, that's progress, and that's where it leads. But the guy, you know, you're listening to him in this video. I got to remember to post that video, but yeah, he was so optimistic and so like kind of sounded so enthusiastic. It's like, dude, <laughs> I'm looking at you in the year 2017. It's like, nope, didn't happen. Did it? No, uh-uh. Nope. But you got everybody's got these little microcomputers are carrying around in their pocket. And it's this incredible advancement in technology where this microcircuitry and it's like you know, and you and you see the potential there. It's like, well, yeah, that can make people more productive, and they can work from home. And then, they, well, it's just, yeah, they work from home. And then, like, is certain people have jobs where it's like, yeah, they have the cell phone and the job and the. I I've had this offered to me. Uh, oh, we'll we'll get you a cell phone. I was like, yeah, what? Oh, really? It's like, and I was thinking about it. Said, no, I I don't think so, man. I I don't I don't think I think I'm gonna pass. It was like, no, I'm not going to carry around a damn electronic leash where they can call me any time of the day. Hey, Chris, uh, because my job is like as graphic designer, come up with materials, brochures, stuff like that. I could do the stuff at home. And it's like, well, no, I don't want a cell phone provided by the company. No, I don't. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. No thanks. Uh, a lot of people have that. And it's like, you know... It, and to me, being a single guy and like, uh, there's only so much that I would take. And then you know, you go to you go to work for some place, and they get a sense of that. It's like, okay, Chris isn't he's not going to put up with a whole lot. Now, a guy that's got a family and stuff like that, and he can't just up and walk away. I could just up and walk off a job. It's like if it gets if it gets too irksome, I just ah, eh, guess what? I'm not coming in, and you're gonna have to find somebody else. You know that. I wouldn't just up and quit for no reason. I never did that. But it was like, yeah, if it, if it if the demands were like unreasonable, and I felt that they were unreasonable, I just like okay, uh, find somebody else. And uh, no notice given, just stop, just quit. It's like, and and that and that was all contingent on certain things. I wouldn't just do that to my employer. That's not something that I I don't think that's honorable or the right thing to do. But it's like if if they are not. If they are putting burdens on you that's not in your contract, not in your job description and stuff like that, and they're putting pressure on you to do something that you know is not right, it's like, freaking quit. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, guess what? You're going to have to find some other... It's like, yeah, did they? were they able to find somebody that would work as hard as me, that show up on time every day? Probably not. And that's going to have this, the skill set that I have? Probably not. So it's like, yeah, you want to keep pushing it and shoot yourself in the foot go right ahead you know but um yeah that's the advantage to well it's an advantage to be a signal sing, single like you don't have the uh pressure from like having a family which is like uh which is like yeah you can't just quit can you well see now i think that's part maybe a part of the reason why that is something that's always been encouraged in, in culture. It's like, even though I've talked to people about this, like others, 
single guys and stuff, it's like, yeah, like, why should I get married? It just doesn't seem like there's that many advantages to it in the modern day. It's like in the modern day, the way everything is kind of, everything is kind of situated. It's like, wow, it just doesn't seem like there's that much of an advantage to being married. It's like, well, no, really, from a practical perspective, it's no, it's not really that advantageous from, you know, if you end up divorced, you're going to you're going to get the short end of the of the deal in court and it's just going to be it's just not going to be good for you um and then you have the kind of situation where i described earlier where it's like you get into a situation where it's like yeah you got a family to support man and you can't just quit a job like that and it can get pretty bad it can get really bad and stress and really stressful for you. And it's like, well, I can't quit my job. I just can't. But, uh, but yeah, so yeah, there's definitely disadvantages to being single and there's advantages to being married, but, um, it, it is, uh, it's a good feeling to be able to just say, Hey, (laughs) just, just fuck off. Just, just fuck off. I'm not going to do this. It's like, well, yeah, it's a good feeling. It's like I, I, I will eat out of the freaking dumpster before I, before I put up with that much shit. And I know I will. I, I know that I'll do it. And I'm not afraid of being out of a job. I'm not afraid of being out on the street. I'm not afraid of it. And it's like, you get enough people like that, and it's like you're going to have to completely retool society because you can't operate with unless people put up with a bunch of shit. But what we as a collective and what we just got to talking about is like, oh, these advancements come along. Does the average person gain a, a great advantage from these things? And this is all done through innovation through the average person going in and working in these industries. We talked about before. I'm talking about the mystic chords of memory, and this fits well into like what we've talked about in the past. With uh, like an example, I think it was a good example was something that just occurred to John and myself going over certain things and comparing notes, and it was like, well, the Dust Bowl. Wow, how did how fortuitous was that for setting up the whole aerospace industry back around that time where all those migrants had to move out to Southern California to seek work and picking oranges and crops and all that. And, and it turns out that that was pretty rough for them, but it's like, Oh, lo and behold, Hey, you know what? We got an idea. We're going to, we're going to start up this whole brand new unheralded industry and we're going to have jobs for everybody. Hey, isn't that great? And all that all just kind of, how how that all just kind of unfolded there just all happenstancedly and coincidentally and it all just kind of panned out and uh but will that go down in recorded history as having anything to do with the dust bowl and having all that all that labor available just so happened to have all that labor available as a as a consequence of the dust bowl Will those two things ever be tied together 
in your history books has any kind of relationship or anything like as far as a, an extended long-term plan or anything like that? No. Uh-uh. The Dust Bowl was an accident. That was an accident. And the subsequent arrival, or, uh, uh, advent of the whole aerospace, that's all coincidence. It's all coincident, coincidental. But then if you actually analyze it and kind of pick it apart, it's like one event was totally predicated and built on the previous event and it just kind of unfolded like magically wow and it's like well that's a coincidence it's like i don't i don't know i don't know i don't i don't think so i think because what the the what made it kind of striking was that and i was coming from it from this particular angle it's like and i think is reasonable it's like do you really think that during around the dust bowl era and in the era leading up to it which was the uh oklahoma land rush was a part of this where it's like okay you go out and stake your claim 60 acres and a mule it's yours and they go out there and they work the land and it's 60 acres and then there was some analysis done later of some some people that were oh conversant in the, in the how agriculture is done and they said no that is like absolutely ridiculous you wouldn't have why would you have that amount of acreage and that was just that was destined to fail because you couldn't the way modern farming or modern farming at the time what would be construed as modern farming at the time is like you you can't uh rotate crops out like that you need you need a bit more acreage than that to do it properly and that's why the uh the soil became uh, denatured, and then it uh, couldn't sustain the crops, and then it, the crop couldn't hold root, and then the, the 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 dirt dried out, and it became dust. And of course, they had to have known that going into it. It's like how long has ag- how long has agriculture been around? Ask yourself that. Prior to that, what was that? What that era was around the turn of the century, going into the nineteen hundreds, up into the thirties, the Dust Bowl, and then all that. It's like you have to. You got to be kidding me that they didn't understand that going into that. They saw it's just government bumbling. Like the left hand doesn't know the right, and they just stumble, fumble through history, and they just yeah. And then we're supposed to believe that yeah, World War Two comes along. And that's another thing too. The depression leading up into World War II, and my my grandfather was part of the Civilian Conservation uh, Corps, and we talked about that before. And it's like, okay, so there's no jobs, the economy's just just busted. Uh, like my my grandfather, he was like, okay, there's no work available. So what do you do? Oh, they got this wonderful program. And FDR is like held up as like some kind of a savior, like even. Like, and my uh, grandpa's like an old school Democrat. There's a lot of people like him around Oklahoma. It's like, yeah, it was like Roosevelt, some kind of like demigod. Saved people out of the, you know, clutches of uh, the uh, unfeeling, uncaring uh, industry that had no jobs available for people. Well, FDR, it's like, okay, where the hell did he get all that money? What? How did, where did the money come from? But no, they had it. Yeah. Oh, magical. Magi- the government can magically create money. It's just insane. But anyway, yeah, how it's like, okay, you go into this regimentation and you go into this program and you, and they, oh, they all had crew cuts and they all had uniforms, huh? Oh, and guess what? The World War II came around and it's like, 
hey, uh, you guys standing around, uh, you kind of already used to living in barracks and wearing uniforms and having crew cuts. Um, Uncle Sam, he got, he, we got some Nazis to fight, and I was wondering if you all would be interested in that. And it pays really good. It pays better than what you're doing now. It's like, uh, does anybody ask, like, okay, where the hell did you get the money? Where, did, where are we getting the money to go to get into this big, huge enterprise coming off of this other big, huge enterprise? It's like, where does this money come from? Where does the money come from? Uh, it's magical. We make it. We print it. Uh, it's like, yeah. okay, why has the economy been so bad? Nobody ever asked that. It's just, uh, uh FDR's, he's... He, I guess he's magic. FDR's magic. He's he's like a god that can crap gold coins out of his rectum and make everybody prosperous. Uh, amazing. But yeah, the mystic cords of memory. It's like, what... Do people think any of it through? They just take it for granted. That's all how it... That's how it shakes out. That's how it, that's how it unfolds. Just, just kind of just blunt, blunder, blustering through history, and then, but things just happen to fall into the favor of uh, big industry, like every time. I'm not saying that the big industry is the end all, be all to everything, but it's like uh, certainly seems to come up the clear winner in a lot of this stuff. But uh, yeah, I guess I've been running my upper enough. Because I'm seeing I got two caller inners on. Uh, caller the, inner. Oh, okay, caller inner. Yeah, I already said that. Uh, let's do. Uh, no, get rid of that hum off that cable. Do a bumper and then we'll do caller inners. And then. Uh, but I'm going to play. How, how about this? I'll play. A bumper, and then I'll play an ad. And the ad is going to be sponsored by Hoax Buddies, Benefactors, Peter, Peter Carey, William Crawford, and Admiral Payne Dexter. And then we'll go to caller enters in the uh, coordinates. All right, let's do it. You are listening to the Hoax Pastors Call. To join in, call 724-444-7444. Call ID 90337. Hi, this is Jay Dyer from Jay's and Esoteric Hollywood. Now, while you're enjoying the films that I've reviewed at Esoteric Hollywood, you can also enjoy Jay's special blend of esoteric movie popcorn. That's right. Introducing Jay's special blend of esoteric movie popcorn, now available at jaysanalysis.com. Enter a world of savory taste as you taste the non-GMO popcorn kernels, grass-fed butter, 
the Celtic sea salt, making a blend that makes the esoteric experience all that much more better. Better. Don't trust Orville Redenbacher. Go to jaysanalysis.com today to get your bag of Jay's Special Blend Esoteric Movie Popcorn. Don't just watch the esoteric. Taste it. Taste it. Uh, all right. Let's, uh... Oh. Let us be thankful we have an occupation to fill. Work hard. Increase production. Prevent accidents. And be happy. All right. We got, uh, looks like Nino210 and S. California, perhaps John. How, how y'all doing? It's Hulk Special Call. We're live right now. We're live? You're on the air. Go ahead. How's it going, Chris? Hey, what's going on, Nino? How you doing? Uh, same soup, just reheated. Right on. Yeah. Um, so uh, you're doing a three-hour work week now because of all our wonderful progress and automation and division of labors and so on and so forth? I'm doing a three-hour sleep week. I sleep three, three hours, hours a day and work. And, well, that's... Yeah, I spend all my time working and on the Internet. That's just as good, isn't it? I mean, maybe that's what they always meant. Like, yeah, we'll eventually get around to the three-hour sleep week, or you'll get three hours sleep a week, where it's like, uh, it's like, uh, oh, okay, I didn't know. I I thought it meant like three-hour work week, but no, it's like a, it's like a, yeah, no, it's like, yeah, it's like a. I think we've missed it somehow. Is it 2017? Is it the future yet? I think it was supposed to be. Did did we get on a... Did we take a wrong uh, exit somewhere on the road to progress? Or how, how did this all happen? I don't know. We got cool gadgets, though. Yeah. And, you know, the gadgets are everything. So when you're walking around with one of these smartphones, that's your TV and your your bank and your shopping, and it's your whole world condensed to like a four by two or however big these suckers are world. So that's progress. That is progress. And, uh, yeah, that's true, huh? Like everything is in the phone now. It's like you're... You can get AFM FM radio on your phone. Uh, you can get television on your phone. You can get your bank statement on your phone. You can get... Uh, yeah, everything is on the phone. Yep. Everything consumable you can get on the phone. You could order a car from your phone. You can order a car from your phone. That's not, that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. 
No. Just go to the eBay and buy a car with your phone, your credit card. Get it. Well, here's what I was thinking about with your- these. What's that? I would say you could even you could even use your phone to get a tow truck driver to drive it from St. Louis to Michigan. <laughs> All on your phone, you could get your car moved from a different state with your phone. Oh sure, yeah. You know they got these uh, self driving cars coming out, and they're uh, going to be. I, I guess they're already like almost fully autonomous, right? They're, they already have these on the road. I've never seen one. I've never actually seen one either. But apparently they're out there. And so... Yeah. uh, I've seen the ones... uh, I can't... I think I was in San Francisco or somewhere. And I was going to the BART. And there was like this uh, line of cars. And they had like a little... Looks like they had like a little credit card swiper on the on the door, and you could go up there and like swipe your credit card through the car and rent the car right there on the road. And I was like, "Wow, that is pretty slick." I, I was I was thinking yeah. about I was yeah I was thinking about getting one of those, and I was like, "Well, I don't know if because uh, you know how that stuff is. It's like, well, if, yeah, it's once you they got your card number, it's like, what is it going to cost? And on and on. It's like I don't know, but uh, it it was like, wow, it's that's that's already here. So I don't I don't. So, but yeah, before before long, you'll be you get your phone instead of calling Uber, it'll just be a you'll just dial up a car and the car will take off by itself and come and pick you up. And then, then it comes out, and then it sends a little a deal on your phone, a little notification. Your car is outside. You go out and just get in it. It takes you somewhere. That's where it looks like it's headed. I wouldn't get in. You wouldn't? <laughs> I would really no need way, man. Real bad. What if it was raining out and stuff, and you need to ride somewhere pretty bad? Oh, man. The rain's cool. I like the rain, man. I've worked outside my whole life, and I like working outside. I like the rain. So... I don't care about that, man. I wouldn't get in, but I can see how a whole slew of like modern young people would be dying to get in. Like it's a roller coaster or something, you know, like, okay, what's going to happen? You know, like I could see a whole bunch of people chomping at the bit doing it, but I wouldn't get in. I'd walk. (laughs) Yeah. You would walk for a while, but then you'd be going, man, my dogs are, my dogs are killing me. Oh shit! I you mean all I gotta do is punch in this, get this app, and then just punch in my look. You just dial it in there. You probably just have it where it's just push button, and you just hit, you just hit the just one single button on your app. And it says, "Are you sure you want the ro- RoboCab or whatever they call it?" And then it's like, "Yes, send me RoboCab." And it's it's got your GPS location, and it's it's already in there into your phone. Like you don't even have to do anything but press a button. It comes and picks you up. And it's like, you're gonna think about it three times, and after the third time you think about it, they're gonna send one, and that'll push you over the edge to jump in. Like they're gonna connect right to your nervous system in your brain, and be like, "This guy's thinking about one. Let's show him one." You know, oh, yeah. that'll be the, next the phone's. Version. 
<laughs> the trans transhumanism. Says we're, yeah, we have your, yeah, all your heart rate and your, uh, yeah, you've consumed this many calories on this walk. Are you, are you sure you want to continue walking? <laughs> this this message brought to you by RoboCab. Yeah. And that's just all in your head, you know. That's just a thought. <laughs> yeah, it comes up on your, what do they call it, heads-up display where all the readings and stuff. Well, they've they've trained and conditioned us in all these movies. Like, I, I think the first movie I remember seeing that in is a Terminator. You remember that shit? Where it's like, and that was yeah. back in the 80s. And then the Terminator, yeah. and you're seeing through the Terminator's eyes, and it's got the, all the heads-up display, and he's walking around, and, so, and then, you know, he sees a motorcycle, and it, it gives them all the specs on the motorcycle and all this. Well, see, that that is what they're talking about actually doing. Like, you'll have... Everything is going to be Internet of Things, right? So you'll have this augmented reality of some sort where you'll have, like, glasses, probably contacts is what they're talking about. And then... So you, you look at an object, and it's like, oh, shit, I shouldn't even touch that. But anyway... Um, no, you look at it and it'll bring up all the info on it. Like what like uh like I'm looking at this uh USB stick and then like on the heads up it'll display it'll say, Yeah, this USB stick is thirty two gigabytes made by uh you know Sandisk Corporation and it's got this much on it right now or whatever. It'll come up on your on your display. Or if a box of crackers or something it'll say this these are two days from being expired and uh you shouldn't yeah and your and your caloric intake for the day has been surpassed as far as carbs you probably shouldn't eat these crackers should i eat these crackers or should i not eat these crackers i said well you it'll tell you well there's a filling station 5.3 miles up the road and you're and your dietary requirements is suggesting that you get a uh, a Slim Jim, a spicy Slim Jim. So you should forego these crackers and get the uh, Slim Jim. Just little recommendations. Like I played you that audio from THX 1138 where the guy's, he's, you ever see that movie? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, the scene where he's talking to like the, it, it's it looks it's like a it's like a picture of Jesus, but he goes and it's like a confessional booth, and it's all yeah. it's all computer computer aided and everything, and he's like blessings blessings of the state blessings of the it's like a it's like a well I put that on the blog the uh, Jay sent that to me it's like the they have it in Germany it's like the ro- robo priest you see that crap. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably like a sex robot too. You know, it's German and it's a priest, so it's some kind of like um, Weimar priest. <laughs> yeah, oh, why not? I don't know. It's like, yeah, but that's uh, see the interactive. Can I play this? Let's see. Yeah, interactive. Interactive priest. See, I'll play a minute of them. Guten Tag. Hello. Bonjour. Can I 
Hi, and welcome. It's nice to meet you. Would you like to be blessed by a female or a male voice? <laughs> Fine. Which blessing do you need? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Go forth in the peace of God. Would you like to print out your blessing? Thank you for your visit, and goodbye. So there you go, yeah. <coughs> Directive yeah, priest. The PSYOP showing that. You know, that's just the PSYOP showing that to the world. <laughs> Who really goes and patronages the priest? Well, yeah. You got a little tip. What's that again? Does he have a place where you put the tips, you know, like the the collection plate? <laughs> well, no, it's all going to be on your uh, on your microchip. I don't know. They, they didn't oh, yeah. show that part. Maybe you swipe. Maybe she swiped a card or something. I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, uh, but no, that's right out of that film, THX 1138. And apparently, this they have that. That's really something. I don't know where that thing is set up, but it's there in in Germany. Hey, Germans are a little bit more. I hear in Germany they have stores that are fully on with uh, cashless and all that. So uh, you go to the grocery store and it's like no cash. So now they got cashless grocery stores, automated priests, everything in Germany right now. I I noticed uh, just going to McDonald's, like uh, you know I I hate going in, but I, I ended up going in one time and. Uh, I was like the first one up to the register, and I noticed they have these uh, screens now, like uh, on stands. They were like touch screens, and you know I tried to avoid all that self checkout stuff. So I I went and paid at the register, and I was there was no one behind me, but there were people at the screens. So the uh, the clerk, uh, the guy working the register, went around the counter to show people. How to how to place their order on the screen? So I just found it hilarious how he was he was going to train people how to do his job for them, you know, working his way out of a job through the the mechanization. And it it's happening to me at my at my work. Uh, you know, I work at a print shop, and. Uh, you know, we get these new machines, like, we used to uh, stuff 
uh, envelopes for, for different mailings, different companies, like a bunch of junk mail, uh, thousands of pieces, and we would do it all by hand. And then we got this new machine a couple years ago that could do the work of three men with one. <clears throat> and then that wasn't enough. So my boss gets two more of them. And now I do the work that just a couple of years ago took nine times the man hours. Uh, I do it, you know, that much quicker on three machines, one man doing them all. And then we get copiers that, that now drill all the holes and like all these other steps that used to take hours for me at work. I'm, I'm getting to the point where, you know, I'm working so much less because there's less to do. But I don't get paid more. Yeah, you like, get you get more done in a shorter amount of time, but you don't get paid more. <laughs> that's the thing about it. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's. But then it's like, well, yeah, you could, we can invest in this machine, and then we we can we can produce more in a much shorter time frame, and increase profits. But at the same time, too, it's that. Okay, now that you're working less hours, and then like a lot of other people are working less hours because of the these um, uh, you know advancements. So the question is, okay, and 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 I was asking this question at this one factory I used to work, where it was this fiberglass factory, and it was like, well, yeah, they're gonna they're going to like all like all factories are going to move relocate to Mexico. And I, and I was like, I was talking to some people around there that were in management and stuff. I said, so you say like, yeah, okay. So you see this happening and this is happening all over the place. It's like, so when it gets to a certain point, like who, the, who the hell is going to buy boats anymore? Nobody's going to have money to buy a freaking boat. And then who's, who are you going to sell fiberglass to? It's like, you're not, it's like, well, I mean, and it turns out that's what that's what happened. I think they they relocated and yeah. had, had to relocate. I think they something happened anyway. I think they eventually that particular factory uh, just got closed down. But I don't know. I haven't kept I haven't kept track of it. But um, yeah. But I guess like China is kind of kind of buying up more consumer goods now uh, that. Uh, but then, on the other hand, too, I hear things that where their their people aren't even really getting paid to where they can. I mean, there there are certain people that are getting paid, but like, but there there's not enough people getting paid to bring up the demand for goods. Yeah, uh, you were talking about the the driverless cars. You know, I'm I'm missing hours. I was saying, and you know, my wife just started working at Disney a little over a year ago, driving buses. So she went through all this, you know, effort of of getting her CDL and stuff to ride to drive these buses. And a few months ago, I started thinking, you know, with all this talk of automation, driverless cars, like. And, and Disney seems to be ahead or at least like at the, the forefront of, you know, a lot of these agendas and <clears throat> they're pushing gay stuff all the time. She tells me, uh, but, um, yeah, uh, 
Nino actually sent me the link the same night that she saw it where Disney announced maybe just a few weeks ago that they are bringing uh, driverless buses, driverless transportation onto the property. And uh, it's looking like if, I guess they're doing a trial run right now, but uh, or they're going to start doing a trial run. But, you know, I'm sure it's just a matter of time. Yeah, it and, seems like it. And then she could go drive trucks or something, but, you know, how long would that even last? You know, if she wanted to keep driving. Well, they say that's a big, uh, that's a big industry. A lot of people... A lot of these rural towns are dependent upon the income of truck drivers. And if this uh, comes about with the driverless trucks, then that's going to... I think that's going to be a big reworking of our whole landscape, basically, <clears throat> culturally and everything. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a huge transformation at that point because that that and then that will be getting for people further along into from what i understand what the ultimate goal is which i think is the ultimate goal is to get everybody into the uh compact cities and yeah. uh that's going to be a Socialism. big move towards that yeah it's going to think yeah you get you start chipping away at the income for people to, you know, for these smaller communities and these rural communities to even be viable or even to exist, and then once that once once the once that's pulled out from under people, then there's nothing that's going to be keeping those s- smaller economies going, and then, and then people will have they'll have no other choice but to move out. Because it eventually get to the point which you're seeing already happening around with these smaller communities around here in this area is that eventually you get where people can't even they don't even have enough coming in to have even a rudimentary government or roads or anything any kind of rudimentary maintenance or anything in these smaller towns these communities so they just fold up yeah or you got to get the the prison population up get them working slave labor out there that's what i see too right yeah i see all these community service guys in their vests you know fucking i've been out there too (laughs) doing my civic duty on the road cruise (laughs) but you were just volunteering Uh, right you weren't you weren't sentenced for anything (laughs) yeah something like that he was on the chain gang, picking <laughs> <laughs> up garbage on I ninety five. Yeah, I mean they don't they do it even you know as part of your probation. Like even if you just get probation, it's like they oh, they yeah. tag on these these extra hours plus the money. And you got to find transportation to get to all these places. Uh, fucking just another trap. Yeah, they. People get it, they get it, they get the community service and stuff, they get, they might get busted for like a little bag of weed or something like that, and then they're out working on road crew for like, basically free, 
And it's like, wow, yeah, that's if that's not slave labor, I don't know what is, but yeah, it's like, yeah, probably. I, I would, I would, I wonder what percentage of all the labor jobs that's done in the United States now is done through some means like that, like some prison labor set up or something like that, where it's like you get people somehow or another just to basically work for nothing. Yeah, that's that's the goal for us. You know, I think that's the goal for us is to us keep doing what we're doing for less or nothing. Eventually, you know, um, I don't like talking politics because it seems like it's real hard to filter through. But that guy Zizek talks about the the synthesis of the of the coming Donald years with the previous Obama years, and he talks openly about. Donald being a good choice because that's going to sway people into like the Bernie camps. Both, you know, he's saying that like the the dramatic swings will sway people into the Bernie camps. And when you talk about Bernie camps, you talk about like free college, like I don't know what the real term is called, but like where you get an allowance from the state. You know, I don't know what the real word terminology I'm looking for is, but. Yeah, I've heard of I've heard you know, it referred to the, as minimum uh, mandatory income or something like that. Something like that, yeah, mandatory income. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So when you hear those ideas being peppered, and then you know I, through the last couple hundred freaking years, you know that I've looked, that's you know the socialist model's been like tested and retested, and we're kind of there, <laughs> you know. Um, it veiled or capitalist society that really acts in a lot of socialist uh, demeanors. Yeah, where it's um, pushing people in that direction. Well, certainly uh, that was reflected in this past so-called election cycle, wasn't it, where there was a lot of people that were supporting what amounted to be a pretty openly unabashed socialist individual, yeah. Bernie Sanders. Yeah, it was like, a, yeah, free schooling and this and that, and um, which from one perspective were people that tend to be, you know, self-identified as conservative, they would point that out as being, no, you can't have that, that's socialist and that's bad. And it's like, well, what about the GI Bill? Isn't that, you know, it's like a lot of people get on the GI Bill to get to school, but that's okay. It's like, well, that comes out of, that's government, that's the, that's socialist in, in any, by any definition, isn't it? But for, for some reason, if you, if you contextualize it within the military, then it's no longer socialism. But, like, the military is the biggest social welfare program going. It's insane. And it's like I, I was in the military for six years, and then I had I had another job where I was working on base, and it was like all these people, it's like, damn, what do they do? And it's like they just get paid, and they kind of – they don't really – they don't produce anything. They don't really uh, – not, not bashing people who are – because a lot of jobs like this, and government especially, but it's like – what what do they do? I mean, it's like what exactly do they do? And it's like re- re- really a whole lot of nothing. 
they don't produce anything. They don't. They, there isn't anything coming out of these bases that's that's they, they're consumed things, but they don't they don't actually produce anything. They actually, and, and then the weaponry and stuff that's manufactured. What the hell good is any of that for? Unless you're going to go blow shit to smithereens somewhere in some third world country, it's like it's it's asinine. But it's like that's that's totally acceptable if you're so-called conservative, and it's all predicated on these artificial boogeymen that are, are created. But um, yeah, I was I was going to bring up some stuff that's on the blog if you guys checked it out. Uh, and this stuff is just, I mean, to a lot of us, it's kind of old hat. But I mean, this is pretty astounding as far as just. Flat out cold busted with the media. I mean, this one article is fake news. CNN caught staging astroturf, quote unquote, Muslim protest after London bridge attacks. And it's like, here they are. And, you know, you sent me this. Jay sent me it around uh, earlier today. I posted that on the blog. And it's like, okay, th- this is obviously staging a Muslim protest. <laughs> it's like, there's no way around it. It's like, this is. Just, yeah, just in your face, just blatant. And uh, so so what about it? It's like the media could come back and say, oh, we're not staging anything. You know, it's like, why do you say we're staging? Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like not staging. People happen to be here. And it's like, uh, oh, and then you happen to have the signs to hand to them to stand in front of the cameras. And they happen to have the time to stand around while you frame the shot and do all that. It's like, this is all, yeah. It's like, they can just get away with this shit. I mean, right out in the open, too. And it's like, and then right, and then uh, Baron Rothschild sends me this. uh, London attacks, police changing clothes. What's going on here? And it's like, like here's here's these British cops. And they're changing into other clothes during the attack, during the so-called attack. And you see one guy, he's like clearly putting on these camel pants, which are, which are the supposed terrorists were wearing. It's like, okay, what the hell are you doing here? And it's like, somebody got this on their cell phone. And it's like, I don't, it's like, they, when they do these drills or whatever they do and they pass them off as real... Or like in the instance where CNN is staging this protest, it's like they do this shit right out in the city street, right out in the open, and it's like, so what if somebody catches them on cell phone? It's like, it, it, it's like this video I posted uh, last, was a couple of weeks back. Um, it was a uh, uh, where they had that so-called shooting out in La Jolla. I used to live out there when I went to school. I was in uh, that area right there where that happened it was a um and you say oh chris you must be well off or no not really because there's controlled rent apartments there around the area so it's like um there's apartments in or there used to be at least when i was living there but there would be controlled rent so they couldn't charge they would have controlled rent order it would be the same as kind of an average apartment it, even though that area is freaking just ridiculously expensive normally but anyway that that shooting or the alleged shooting they caught they caught the cops throwing the chairs into the swimming pool it's like okay what the hell are you doing like you throwing evidence into the swimming pool 
It's like <laughs> it's like uh, right there on on somebody filmed it with their cell. And I I do believe somebody caught it on their cell phone. This somebody was there, and and they're staging these scenes. Get, who care if they get caught? So what? It's like uh, they could put it. It could be out there on the YouTube. It could be out there, and it's like they don't. They, it's like apparently they 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 don't give a shit. You know, like they. Here, here's three examples of where it's just like, it's just brazen, man. It's like just right out in the open, right out in the middle of the street, staging shit. And of course, there's many other examples, but it's like, what, wh- wh- what about it? What about it? It's like uh, I was gonna call the uh, San Diego police and ask them about, hey, what are you, what are you guys doing, throwing freaking chairs in the swim pool? What, what was that? What's going on there? And it's like, uh, <laughs> what I was thinking about is like, what they could come up with any horseshit answer, and the public will yeah. buy it. You know what I mean? It's like these these cops changing clothes in the middle of a terrorist attack. It's like yeah, on khaki Yeah, putting on khaki or terrorist garb on. It's like, yeah. what are you doing? Well, it's I like, mean, uh, they'll just mitigate it with words like tactical and stuff like that. So they threw the chairs in the pool for a tactical maneuver, you know, to get the guys in. And and when they're changing clothes, they're putting on their tactical gear. Right. Just throw all those words in there. That bamboozles people. Like, are they, I, of course, that makes that no kind of, damn sense. But, you know, yeah, throw in, throw in that, some lingo. Back on the London thing, too, um, arguably London is uh, one of the most surveilled fucking cities in the world, according to, like, the, the mainstream legends, like, the pictures, the cameras, they boast about it, and somehow all of these cameras don't have, like, the most blatant, obvious, let us see the footage footage. Yeah, they talking on the street. So y'all are thinking the, the, that the people watching. Oh, sorry. No, I was just, I was just wondering what, what Nino was talking about. Like he, he, he's thinking there should be like actual footage. Well, if it's real, I mean, I, you know, so my uh, a metaphor is like, like um, going into a casino into like the middle of the casino and holding a gun at the, like the blackjack dealer, you know, and it not being caught on surveillance. Like if, if London is arguably one of the most surveilled cities in the world with cameras everywhere, we should have multiple like, um, streams of video showing us all aspects of maneuvers, like pulling in, pulling out, coming in, coming out, like, Dropping dead, Let me ask you guys something really quick. So, the Manchester thing happened on the anniversary of the guy allegedly getting his head chopped off with a kitchen knife or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Then you've got all these things associated with the Orlando shooting happening right around the anniversary of the Orlando shooting. Um, A zookeeper gets killed on the day 
of the anniversary of the gorilla incident, which we posted up there. What do you, what are the odds of that? Like what's the, what's the betting odds of all that stuff just happening, happen to take place on the anniversaries of, of those events? You see, I would say slim to none. <laughs> well, it seems yeah. like if you look back in history, there's all kind of, you know, these coinciding dates. So, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say in, in normal everyday life, but uh, yeah, when you look at history books, somehow these these dates all seem to happen like that in interesting ways. Well, well, here's one thing: it's like your birthday comes around every year. And let's say your uncle gets drunk every year on your at your birthday party. Well, it's only happening because you're having the birthday party, right? And the and the birthday party is a pre-planned event, <laughs> right? Exactly, exactly. So, so it's just not. Yeah, and even the things that kind of go back in history, I mean, we've had to question those in the past. It's like, is the Ides of March really some sort of spooky thing? Or is it just some sort of, you know, or April 15th through the 20th or something, when all these things seem to happen? Is that just some sort of coincidental thing or some sort of spooky holiday? No, it's when they, like, fake stuff and then give it a spooky holiday attachment to it. Yeah. Well, it's like psychic driving. I think it goes along along the Mystic Chords of Memory book where it's uh where history it, it listed those functions that history serves and in order to get get it into people's minds as part of their uh, as part of their narrative, there have to be these reminders. It's it's kind of like how people reflexively react to any holiday or any like a Mother's Day or Father's Day. I think Father's Day is coming up or something like that. It's like it, it, I'll I'll know that these holidays have come up because you start getting bombarded with these with with spam like junk email and stuff like that. So it's like so it's every year you're constantly reminded. Well, we have we have then we just recently have memorial day or something like that so it's remember the wars remember the troops remember 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 and so now we have these um anniversaries of these events and instead of because we talked about this before it's like are they going to commercialize 9-11 because because you know we we were questioning that with these um these retailers were starting to come out with ads. I think last anniversary, there was the retailers that were coming out with ads, 9-11 themed. Like the mat- mattress store, they said, yeah, come on in, everybody. 9-11 sale. Uh, we're going to have uh, – and then they well, had the mattresses set well, up, and they fell back well, into well, them and knocked them down. Let me, bring, let me bring this up here before uh, before Junior starts crying here. Um, okay. When when I saw that, it's like I it was I didn't get to make the point yet on a, on a call or anything. But you see, here, here's the thing: like when I saw that that zookeeper got killed, the first thing I thought of was was the gorilla incident, right? And that was a that was a trigger, and I'm sure that that was 
that I wasn't the only person who got that trigger. Like I saw that and then I said, oh yeah, that gorilla thing happened last year. On the anniversary of the news story. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. just got to look. You just got to poke around when you get those kind of ideas. Let's see. Let's see. We're going to go poke around and see and go, oh, well, that looks suspicious. That looks like it might be some sort of staged incident there. Most people just get reminded of it and, and think about it and remember it, you know, and kind of go along with the tragedy. Yeah. But I wonder what the point of that is in particular. Is it to invoke something and to communicate something to people? Because I know people were riled up, just like they were about that Cecil the Lion. <laughs> Did I post that one article, John? You sent me about the there was a there was a thing on the anniversary of that with the Cecil the Lion thing, and then they had something to do with like lion cubs, and one of the lion cubs' name was Cecil, and that was on the anniversary of oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I think a listener sent that to you, didn't he? Yeah, I don't know if I posted that one or not. I, I had to add that one to that list. There was a whole bunch of those, and I, I was I was trying to remember who sent them to me and where they were. I was trying to compile them all in one post. But that was another one, too. Could it be yeah. animal liberation? Yeah. Animal? Like uh, animals are, are equal to humans or uh, translated as people are... Our animals, basically, but, you know. Yeah, animals. Yeah, that's a recurring theme. And if you remember um, the original, like, presentation, at least how it was presented to me, or I was able to get the information on that gorilla thing, it comes from um, a lot of videos come from people saying that the gorilla was trying to protect the kid. So we're supposed to watch this video and feel sad for the gorilla there. You know, I don't even, I didn't. You know, uh, I, you know, if it's real, yeah, it's a sad story. You know, it might be real. I don't know, but I'm just saying, like, it, it invokes sadness and, and sympathy for the animals, at least in that story, for sure. And then you bring up the lion story. That's what that invokes the sadness and sympathy. And the the veganism is holds hands with animal liberation, and that's been going on for a couple hundred years too. So that's a that's definitely probably it. <clears throat> And it's all coming off the heels of uh, Blackfish, you know that that movie <laughs> or that propaganda piece really uh, really made an impact on a lot of people. Yeah, I saw that about I, the orcas and yeah. captivity. Yeah, I left feeling when I watched that movie. I felt like the trainers deserved it. You know, I'm not saying that's my point of view now, but I mean, it invoked emotion in me. It made my thinking funnel a certain way. You know, like I, I realized how I reacted to that. Uh, very specific movie. You know, I, it, it made me feel like, well, you get what you pay for. But then not like the handlers deserved it, but SeaWorld deserved it because they're exploiting the animals. And, you know, like I had a bunch of uh, the thoughts I, I think they meant to invoke. 
you know, I owned those thoughts for at least Blackfish. I can say that honestly, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that out there now, and they're well put together, and they're um, and they're definitely tug on the heartstrings, and they have all the kind of dramatic music and the and all of that in there, and uh, another one, another couple of ones too that that people keep bringing up is that uh, cowspiracy, and then there's one meat uh, meat the. Uh, meat to knives or something like that. There's a couple of ones that are dealing with factory farming and um, that that have really made an impact on people. And, uh, yeah, I think this is coordinated, too, with these uh, zoo stories. Yeah, I think that's part yeah. of it. And this veganism movement. And uh, this is all, co- it's all coordinated. Of course, uh, that's the way yeah. I look at it, but... Um, uh, absolutely yeah we're in a cord there but yeah like uh, like that uh, book was talking about how um you can of course that uh, you take historical events you know quote quote unquote around events and then um they they're going to have uh, whatever weight that's attributed to them as far as culturally influential, but then they have you're going to have to have a degree of maintenance around these events. So they're going to have to be there's going to have to be reminders and maybe even subtle reminders of these events, so that it re so that they're re brought up, they're re stared up in people's memory. And these fake news stories are are a great way to do that. It's like, okay, on the anniversary, you have something that's going to be that's going to evoke all the emotion and stuff of that original event. <clears throat> and that post I have on there on hoaxbustersscall.com is like the um, uh, uh, shoot. Why does why does the media and uh, why does the news and fiction always seem to get uh, um, uh, media coordination and manipulation. That's the, that's the title of it. But anyway, yeah, it's just example after example after example of how something comes out in in the uh, in a film or in popular television or something like that, and then or maybe even vice versa. Maybe it comes out in so called news event, and then right on immediately on the heels, something will come out in fiction that is is the same theme essentially or dealing with the same thing or the same subject matter. But there's, but they're coordinated in such a way where it's like, well, one cannot be the result of another one. In other words, it's like the, the timing of the release couldn't be, um, as a response to some real event because it's like, well, it was already produced and made before it came out, you see, but it was released a a couple of weeks after the so-called event. But there's example after example, after example of that out there. And it's like, well, can that all be coincidence? It's like, no, how can that all be coincidence? It's just like, how can that possibly all be coincidence? There's just no way. Yeah. So you're seeing this now with Most these, recent. yeah, even these smaller stories uh, are not coincidence. They're not. Yeah, I was seeing it a lot, uh, you know, during, you know, you had uh, Trayvon Martin, uh, here in Orlando where I'm at. And then you had, you know, the Ferguson riots and all this race stuff. At the same time, you've got Django Unchained coming out, you know, this 
race baiting movie, uh, 12 Years a Slave, which was produced by Arnon Milchin, the, uh, the Israeli Mossad agent uh, of New Regency Entertainment. And, you know, the, it was all over the media in fiction, and that just seemed to line up perfectly with the... Uh, with the, what I see as agenda, but I guess everyone else just sees it as the culture at the time. Uh, but yeah, that, that was going hard there. The, the whole race, race in the media. Oh yeah. But I, I've been getting reminded of, uh, the Orlando shooting. I, I sent a, a picture to, to both Nino and John in an email of, um, you know, it's not it's not in the media like predictive program in the same kind of way. But there's a a Lynx bus. You know, it's our our mass transit here in in the Orlando area, and it's completely wrapped. You know, with the graphics of uh, this this big heart with a rainbow flag of uh, like Orlando's symbol, the the fountain that's that's in Lake Eola, but it, it's done in rainbow, and there's a pulse like an EEG pulse going all the way down the side of the, the bus. And uh, it says, we will be defined by how we respond, how we treat others. Uh, from May- That's a quote from Mayor Buddy Dyer. So, I mean, they even put it there in the words, like it'll be remembered by how we respond, how we treat each other. So like, it, you know, they're, they're basically saying you can't, you can't, think anything against feeling bad for these people and progressing the agenda, I guess. Well, yeah. So all that propaganda was slathered all over your city there with the, uh, yeah, I mean, it's still going on and all that shit. Yeah. And you're saying that was it within days, they already had this giant rainbow flag ready to go and all this other stuff, huh? Oh yeah, I I work directly across the street from uh, City Hall in Kissimmee. Uh, so when I look out the window of the front of our office, I'm I'm looking at City Hall, and within a few days of of the shooting, they had a 25 foot long uh, rainbow flag hanging off the side of the building uh, of of my City Hall. You know that with an obvious uh, political statement that I think that makes. And I don't really think government has that position, especially my city government. But um, so it it turns out that that flag is actually from the world's, the record setting. It's a segment of the record setting longest rainbow flag ever, ever made by the, uh, it was it was made by the guy who designed the rainbow flag. I, I, I researched it a couple of days ago. I can't remember his name right now, but he actually just died a couple of days ago. Uh, you know, right around the same time as the anniversary of Pulse. Yeah, huh. coming <laughs> coming all back around. And I don't know if you used Google a couple of days ago, but yeah, it was a rainbow flag. Uh, you know how they change up the Google icon when you go to the home page yeah that was rainbow the other day and it was about the history of, of that dude who, who uh, created it so they're pushing him hard 
Yeah, I saw that on my Googler too, the rainbow change. I didn't know what, I thought it might have been like Gay Pride Month or something. I just made that oh, assumption. Is. Yeah. That's what I, I figured it was. That's why I didn't bother looking at it. It was like, oh, yeah, rainbow shit again. And it's like, uh, <laughs> you just don't even pay attention to it anymore. But that's what it was, the anniversary of this. And this dude allegedly died. And it just happens to be the anniversary of the Orlando. Ah, crap. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah. I, so, yeah, I got this. I, I went and found that email he sent. I, I meant to post that. But I'll link to it in the uh, in the notes. Um. Yeah, all this stuff on buses, on the court, on this building, big giant rainbow flag, all this stuff, and they just had it all ready to go. Yeah, Gilbert. Our uh, fire trucks out here have pentagons with nine eleven on them. <laughs> oh, really? Whenever you're behind a fire truck, you're reminded of nine eleven in Colorado anyway, because they have pentagons with the nine eleven. Letters written in there. Yeah, fucking got to remember every day. So this uh, Lynx bus with the uh, with the rainbow colors on the Orlando looks like a Orlando logo and all this. Like, how soon were they coming out with that? With like within like within like a week after the Orlando shooting, or was this something that? came came about later I, I don't know i don't i don't have a memory of it being like immediate uh they've got quite a few different uh models that they they have going around uh they're not you know they're not all decked out with that same theme uh so i'm, I'm not really sure i i bet i could you know couple google searches and i, I bet they did a whole ceremony about it uh Yeah, there was all but kinds of propaganda sure. around that event. Like that was a major I, I know like, propaganda push. I I know it's still driving around. Um within I what I, I could say, within maybe three days, Disney had uh two different kinds of rainbow flag Mickey pins. Uh, they gave I, I I don't know if I could say all the employees, but uh, they they definitely gave uh, whatever employees went to whatever ceremony in honor of the victims, and gave gave a bunch of these pins because you know D- Disney employees like wear these pins. They do this pin trading thing, and they had they had nicer ones for sale or that they were given away. I'm I'm not sure, but. Within days, they had you know thousands of these rainbow Mickey pins embossed in metal. Oh yeah, so they now that kind of stuff. It it depends on what. Okay, now the turnaround on that kind of stuff because I've worked with printers and I've done stuff like catalogs and stuff like that, so I have some familiarity with like the turnaround times on that. Like you can't just get something like that within days. Now, it depends on what kind of quantities you're talking about, but like the the kind of quantities that they would they would need, like for Disney parks, like there, there's just no way. We talked about that too with the um, with uh, yeah. Well, they had this before 9/11. It's like they I I recall this 
I, I recall this uh, like it was yesterday. It was like I, I remember this. I remember seeing these flags would be in at Walmart because I lived like right down the road from Walmart around 9-11. And uh, so I, I would go in there from time to time. Be like anytime I need to stop in there, it would be right on the way from work. So I could just like pull right in. There's like a super Walmart right there. And But I remember uh, – they had all these flags out in the aisle in these displays. And I bought one like before nine 11 and I had it and I was going to hang it out on the porch. And, um, uh, and, and that's what reminded me of it. Like later I said, what with all those fly? Why do they have all those flags? And it was like after nine 11, of course there was all this demand for flags and they even like they had pre prepared is what i'm trying to say for because that was september 11th it's like why okay why do they need all these fly why do they have them out in display why why is it so prominently displayed and then it's like what what made me decide to buy one when i never bought i never bought a freaking american flag before i don't even know what i was thinking it's like what was i thinking why did i buy a fucking flag and and then and i was thinking back later it's like Something, this is probably a result of all the propaganda stuff leading up to 9-11 to invoke patriotism, to invoke all the shit. And so that, like, uh, you're conditioned to respond a certain way. And then when they had, when they had the uh, so-called event, it was like, I remember, like, all, this was, I, I lived in Arkansas at the time, and it was like, it was like every other person had like an American flag on their uh, antenna of their car. It's like everybody had America. Everybody was flying American flags post 9/11, and it was like okay, so this was like within weeks. It's like so there must have been a tremendous upswing in demand for these flags. Okay, how the hell do they have all these on hand for everybody to have them now? All of a sudden. You know, so they knew they had them. They had them pre-stocked. They had them pre-supplied. Probably the same thing with those multicolored ribbons and shit they're passing out at Disneyland. They already had them pre-ordered. They had them pre. It's like the Sandy Hook. They already had the damn. There was a couple instances where what was just it was clear cut, like no doubt about it. They had the damn uh, fundraising pages up before the damn event. You know, it's like. this shit's so brazen man it's so obvious too it's like okay how the hell and then you can always say anything that you can you know cops are changing clothes in the middle of the of the damn uh terror attack you can come up with a coincidence theory for anything that's why this shit is so brazen man it's just like yeah oh magically they they have all these rainbow all this rainbow shit on hand you know to hand out like within days after this thing it's like people don't think anything of that like they think oh well they just magically make this stuff appear out of thin air you know it's like no shit you have to like put in orders for this shit and it takes it takes weeks to get any big high production thing printed um Maybe not always weeks, but like it, it takes time, man. It's like shit. You put in a big order for something like that, and it's like you have to you have to wait till it gets printed. You know, it takes time. But it's like no, they have it ready. Oh, it's ready. Everybody's buy your uh, memorabilia 
for this event that just happened. It's like nobody thinks anything of it. It's like crazy. It's insane. It's really insane. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I I got a big uh a big answer it felt like with uh about 9/11 recently when I I looked into uh John Miller, guy who interviewed Osama bin Laden in 1998 cuz I saw that on on television uh when I was in high school and on 9/11 it it occurred to me like I, I was like I you know I saw it just a couple of years ago this guy interviewing somebody who's supposed to be America's most wanted. And at the time, you know, when I was watching that interview, I'm thinking to myself, how does this, what kind of person, you know, journalist gets in to interview this, you know, terrorist that they're saying bombed uh, ships, you know, naval ships. And so I, I was looking into him and he's, he went on to, to be in uh, the Counterterrorism Bureau of LAPD. He went to work for FBI, Office of National Intelligence, while bouncing around to ABC News and CBS. Uh, and then he's he's related to Serena Alchul from MTV, and and uh, her mother was a MK working with MK Ultra doctors, uh, working on. Uh, psychedelic drugs and and then Frank Alchel it's it's incredible like that they don't even try to hide it you know it's that obvious yeah cuz most people i guess won't think anything of it or they don't no it's just out just 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 out of the loop on this stuff and then you start becoming aware of the stage nature of this stuff and it and it's so obvious it's just there's so many examples of of just obvious staging and pre-planning and pre-scripting of these of so-called events that you start to compile them all together and um it, it it's just overwhelming circumstantial evidence it, it's just undeniable how how do you, how can you deny it it's like there's something profound going on here with all this coordination and staging of these events um it, but then it's like, well, this is dependent. This is obviously dependent on the majority of people just being just completely out of it. Like they don't, they they either refuse yep, to look absolutely. at anything like this, yeah, or they, or they just don't like 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 I was reading out of this book. It's like people have no memory of anything. It's like they don't have memory of shit six months ago. But that's why, like you said in there, that pastor I read, what that referring to, that that is absolutely true. Like, people don't remember shit from six months ago, let alone six years or 60 years or anything like that. That's, forget about it, man. It's like, um, yeah, so they can just keep keep running these repeats and these rehashes. And then it's like a lot of shit you see, too. And another 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 big one was all the, the, the Clive and Bundy and the Bundy Ranch shit. Remember all that? It's like there yeah. was a guy back in the 90s where it was like the, he had the same motif. He had the same pocket constitution. He had the same deal, and it was very, very reminiscent and similar to the whole Clive and Bundy thing with ranchers' rights and all that. And they just re-rolled that out 
and rehash that whole scenario on that whole thing, just like it was like that other one had never happened. And you could go up and pull that stuff up out of the archives and say, damn, this is just like almost a verbatim repeat. But except for it was a different dude with a different name. But it was like he looked looked like the guy, had the damn cowboy hat, had the pocket constitution, everything. It was like, wow, just no memory, no memory. They could just roll the same shit out again. And it's like uh, uh, nobody... Nobody remembers like this. This has already happened. You know, it's like, no, no, this is all new. It's like, no, it's not. It happened already. It's like nobody remembers it, though. And it, and then but the the rare person, individual or maybe somebody listening to this, of course, they're going to dismiss me as a oh, that guy's a complete crackpot. He's saying the, the news makes shit up. It's like um, so it's auto- automatically dismissed. But then the the person that rare person that may accidentally run across it, they said, "Well, that's obviously coincidence." Because if it's a one off thing and you're only running across maybe one or two instances, of that, it's like, yeah, I guess it could be a coincidence, and that would best explain it. But when you start compiling all these examples of this of of just time and time again, it's like, no, there's just no way that this could be all coincidence. There's just no way. No, yeah, that doing that research there, that all that outsole research really, really solidified. I mean, I was already there, but I'm just one family seeing all these connections. Uh, it, it was really uh, incredible, and yeah, I, I mean, the whole the whole system, the whole media, it's it's all the same way. Everybody, you know, they all tie together. All these. And it's all propaganda. Yeah, and then you ask yourself, well, why? You know, <laughs> why is this happening? It's like, well, it's really not so hard to understand. It's like, um, well, recently I've spent an inordinate amount of time on this whole flat earth horse shit. And it's like, okay, why are you getting so worked up about it, Chris? It's like, for one thing, it's an obvious damn psychological operation. But it's too. It's like it, it, it's going it, to. It diverts people from understanding what uh, what NASA is and what those what the narrative and what the story is all about. It's like you know. It's like, but see now the, they they have these contingency of people out there that regard themselves as truthers that they're absolutely absolutely one hundred percent convinced that 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 whole operation that NASA is doing is to hide something big. And then we got to uncover this, and that's what it is. What it's all about is un, un, uh, rediscovering, uh, 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 discovering this new, um, you know, fad conspiracy thing that we need to uncover, and we need to spend an inordinate amount of time like sorting out with citizen science and all this. It's, it's horseshit. It's like what? It's like that just totally dismisses the whole idea. Of what? What would be the reason for creating these? These these story arches, these narratives. It's like, what? Why did NASA tell us they went to the moon? Why did they have the whole space race? There's another video I want to, a documentary about the space race and stuff that was interesting, that I that I need to remember to post up. But it it's it's like these are these are story arches. These are some these are important to our collective mythology and and our cohesiveness as a culture, as a you know. 
at, you know, for our organizational culture, our whole our whole identity as you know modern citizens or moderns or whatever you want to call it, civilization, whatever you want to call it. We need these narratives. We need these story arches. We need these things to exist as we exist now. These are vitally important. These aren't, these aren't things that are done uh, for, the, for the purpose of, oh, we're, we're concealing something big or something like that. Because then I think you miss the point. And then when you have a misunderstanding about that, you're not going to have a very good understanding of a lot of shit. And if you're always looking for what's the big cover up, it's like, no, it's not. There's not a big cover up. There's there is a reason. There is a method to the madness and there's a reason for the thing itself. And it's like that's that's another thing that was driving me crazy about this shit. It's like it's like it's, it. But it's obviously was put out by NASA to divert people away from the truth, which is like that the reason why they do it to begin with and why it's important. And that's another thing that is like, okay, why do I feel it's important? Why do I, why, why I get worked up about it and stuff like that? It's like, no, you're being led down the wrong path, and then you're taken into this, this cul-de-sac, which you're just going to spend, I guess, for the rest of your life just spinning your wheels, not even knowing what the fuck is going on. If you, if, if you, if you go down this PSYOP, you know, if you, t- if you take this, you, if you take this uh, rabbit trail they set up for you, you know, it's like... But it's like, uh, not that I think that not that I'm telling everybody that I have it all figured out, but I think oh. that that it is that there is something to the idea that there is something in and of the story itself of going to the moon that's important. It's not it's not to cover something up necessarily. It's 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 to provide everybody a a collective mythology for us to latch on to and it's very important you know that that we have that that's integral to our existence and um it, and to and to dismiss that is i think is uh yeah to get to get to get into some cloudy areas where it's going to be hard to sort anything out but it's like why why is this done why are these stories created and why is it important um and why didn't they actually go to the moon if it's so important well it's probably because they can't it's technically it's technologically impossible or totally impractical like weren't Werner von Braun's von braun said initially he says yeah you'd have to have the rocket the size of actually a couple of rockets the size of the freaking empire state building to get anywhere close to the moon and then you got to have fuel to get back it says that it's not even remotely feasible so they fake it, but but it was why was it so important? That's the question. So they could give us fake pictures of the Earth because they could hide the fact that Earth is flat. No, it's not why. <laughs> <laughs> it's like why make that? Why take that giant leap of logic? Well, because NASA put that in your head. That's why. It's like, but no, why is it? Why was it so important that we go to the moon? Well, it's like okay, for one thing. You have to solidify this idea of science and progress, right? Like, oh, we we have no limits. We can go to the moon and beyond. We're 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 just drunk with our own power, or our own superiority, our own technical technological prowess, and that's going to lead us to great things like colonizing the planets and all this other stuff. Well, that's that gives you something. 
it's like the substitute for what religion provides is what you die, you go to a place of reward, heaven. Well, see, they need the secular, materialistic, naturalistic substitute for that, which is future, the fu- the inevitable future that's always just around the corner. That's the subs- that's the na- that's part of your narrative, that's part of your mythology, that's your collective mythology that keeps us all bound together on this train towards progress. It's essential, it's vitally important. It's like it's like no, it's not some afterthought to cover something up. It it, it the, it's important in and of itself. And and uh the story, it's these stories. And um just like in that it's like that passage of the book I read, there what are the reasons and why are they important? Well, so, there's different reasons sometimes and some of it's just, you know, like um for commercial reasons, like you have a, a tourist attraction, and you say, well, this has some significance as far as history. And it may or may not. It may have no significance at all. But if you could create the perception that it does have significance, you can sell tickets. That's one reason. But it's like, well, it's, it's, it's a commodity. But like a lot of this stuff that we're encountering now, and I think this is analogous to uh, a marketing pitch, it's a sales pro- it's a product that they're trying to sell you, which is this Muslim terrorism, and it suits a certain specific purpose, and it also creates a, a collective mythology, a collective a narrative to to um, shape your identity as a modern citizen. And I think that's those these things are important to understand. I think that nine eleven was another big one, and it's important to understand like why did they do that? Was it so uh, Larry Silverstein can make money off insurance? Fuck no. It's not the why, that's not the reason why it was done. That might be a byproduct of it to get to get people certain people paid off. But no, that was the that was usher in the new century, and this is to be the century of change. And then you have to have this radical new narrative to 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 serve as wallpaper for this all these upcoming changes that are going to be occurring. And it's like, well, why are we doing this or why are we doing this? Well, we're in the post 9-11 age. What does that even mean? It's ridiculous. Post 9-11. Oh, so, so let's say it really did happen. Let's say uh, 19 Saudis got on a plane and actually ran them into buildings. Is that a cause to retool society? Absolutely not. That's ridiculous. Why would you let that serve as a pivot point for all the rest of the future history? Nonsense. I'm saying if it was true, and it's not even true. And it's like, uh, oh, what, what would a reasonable, rational mind conclude? Well, maybe they just got incredibly, unbelievably, stupendously lucky that one time. Does that is that something we're going to expect in the future? Stuff like that? Absolutely not. They just got it was a one off deal, obviously. But see, the whole thing was so preposterous that you can have a preposterous uh, response to a preposterous event. But see, everybody is adopted, uh, have entered into La La Land in their mind. So it's, it's just opens the door for this all this radical new change, and that's why they call it the Century of Change. And that's why it's 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 important to because, I mean, if we're going to talk about this stuff and we're going to kind of get, get an idea of what's going on, I think it's 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 important to try to contextualize it to the best of our ability. And if 
what pisses me off is, 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 is this operation could come along and could steer people off into this big, just endless rabbit trail diversion of like, oh, the Earth flat or not, or is it get your telescope, go buy a telescope. I'm sure that Nikon or whatever is thrilled to death with all this development, but it's like, what what good will come out of it? Well, it gets people pissed off at each other for one thing. I've noticed that too. There's several people pissed off at me for for going against <laughs> that idea for some reason. It's important to them. It's like, okay, if you want to believe that, cool, go ahead. But it's like that's that's fine. But it's like, how in vitally important is this to your understanding of anything? How's it going to help you? It doesn't, and and they're the ones always saying like, when do you? When do you apply the curve? It's like, when do you apply thought to the shape of the earth? You know, in reality, that's the, the more important question because you don't. It's a, it's a waste of time. Yeah, and you that's know, telling you that it's a, a waste lot of time. better thing. Right, and, that, and that's a good question. Exactly. It's like, where, when have you seen the curve? Well, if I can't see it or I don't notice it or I'm not going to notice it or I, I was going on and on with, uh, with, um, frank out in australia about it and it was like well yeah when do you ever incorporate it into your life it's like i don't know if i ever have or ever will i don't know well that should that should instruct you on how important it is then it's like okay so then it's flat now what you know it's like it's like okay it's like uh that's why i don't want to argue with anybody about it it's like if they're totally 100 percent convinced that it's flat fine it's like, but yeah, do you ever ask yourself, like, how is this going to, how important is this right now? And it's like, we got all these examples of they're just pulling these in broad daylight scams right out in the middle of the cops are changing clothes in the damn middle of the damn uh, <laughs> a terrorist attack on the London Bridge. You know, it's like, and they get, people are they're getting just flat out busted on, on, on uh, video, throwing chairs in the Goldurn pool. And it's like, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, busted, just flat out busted. Staging shit, you know, brazen, you know. It's like, what, oh, well, could we do anything about it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Call them out on it. Uh, yeah, I don't like, and then what is, uh, Jay sent me an article about, was it Theresa May? Oh, we need to shut down the internet now because. The the Muslims are getting radicalized on the internet, and we're gonna have to do something about it. It's like, yeah, sure you are, huh? Yeah, you got your you got your yeah. goons out there changing clothes for the little theater operation, and then you're gonna come back and, and say we need to start ratcheting down the internet and all that. Yeah, we know what you freaks are up to, and they need to be called out on it. It's like, what's so hard about that? It's like, is that, are we out of line doing that? Are we out of, are we talking out of turn when we call them out on their horse shit? I don't think so. And like, um, like, uh, yeah, I, I plan on doing some calls. I, I don't know. Like, uh, maybe call up, yeah, San Diego and say, hey, what's the deal? I saw you guys throwing chairs in the pool. Like, what's your official word on that? Like, uh, you know. <clears throat> Make them a little bit nervous. Okay, we know there's enough enough. There's a lot of people out here that know what's going on, that know what's up. It's like you know we're not we're not all totally bamboozled by your 
your theater and all this nonsense, that goes a long way, I think. I think there's ways to approach it, too, where you don't, uh, you kind of you tread lightly because they have this moral high ground where any kind of victim, quote-unquote, is involved. So I, I've seen the approach, too, where they go after the, the, the so-called victim and start, and then so that's going to give the opposite, that's going to give the, the so-called authorities grounds to condemn you. Oh, they came after the victim. Look at they're harassing the victims and the victim family and the Sandy Hook parents and their. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you see these stories they, out there. They're doing like, Sandy Hook hard like that. Oh yeah, my yeah. my wife is is reading articles on on uh, Reddit just the other day. Uh, a father, you know, one of these heart wrenching letters about how the conspiracy conspiracy theorists are terrorizing them and, and rehashing the, uh, re-victimizing them every day. And, you know, she doesn't see things the way I do. So I'm, I'm lumped in with those people. Yeah. And isn't that, uh, isn't that poor form? Isn't that ill-advised to, to come at it from that angle? Like to go after, cause absolutely. they have victim status, like it or not. Even if you know they're crisis actors, even if you can go look at their eye, they have victim status. You got to understand that they have victim status, and that's like a lot of this shit works off of um, the, the victim mindset, the victim status. I think that the the recent couple of calls I did were reflective of that, where the where this individual was taking the position of being a victim for questioning him. It's like, oh, where have I heard of this from? Is it? Isn't that Saul Alinsky's role of radicals where no matter what, you're the victim? Well, that's the, that's sort of the leftist position, too. Uh, the the radical sort of leftist position and strategy is always to, to assume the victim role. And then one of the main tactics is to always accuse your opponent of victimizing you. It's like, um, yeah, that sounded real familiar, but that's something that's a common tactic. So when you're coming up to these uh, mass shooting events, you have to keep that in mind. It's like the, these people have perceived victim status in the culture. So if you go after them, just know that they already have victim status, whether you know that they deserve it or not. Like you may in your mind, you're completely convinced that, OK, this person didn't have a child that died. But are you going to go after attack them? It's like, no, that's 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 stupid. It's like they already have, like it or not, they have victim status. Is what I'm saying, and that's that's a weapon, that's a tool. So you got to understand that. But see, it's like, um, are these people shills out there that are doing this? And is this all theater? That's another possibility too. Which could well be, yeah. You got you got some of these YouTuber guys that will just go half cocked, and then they're and then they have uh, something that comes on TV, and then they just they they're going to just come right out of the gates calling it a hoax, and then they're going to have the uh, the victims on up on display, and then they're going to make a YouTube video out of it. And then they're going to call the person 
giving the witness testimony or whatever, every name in the book they can think of. Oh, this lying cunt, sack of shit, bitch. What the, you know, it's like, is that a good approach? Really? I mean, I don't think so. That's not very tactful. <laughs> it's just not. But you see a lot of that on YouTube. Not tasteful. Yeah. Yeah, it's just I do, poor yeah. form. It's, it's, it's like, it really? Is. Yeah, it. It, it, I think it, I see it as discrediting to to what they're saying on on some level, you know. Like, it, it look at this lying sack of shit, re- reprehensible cunt, whore, bitch, liar. It's like, damn, dude. Like, you didn't even really do that good of a job at making sure this is a hoax or not. But you like, you come right at busting out of the gate. With with somebody again who has so. victim status, like it or not, and you're gonna you're gonna position yourself as an obvious bad guy. It's like to, in the minds of anybody that's halfway <coughs> buying into any of this shit. It's like that's not that's not very tactful. That's not very smart at all. Yeah, the the little bit I've looked into uh, EGI, it seems like you know that's that's the route that's going. They they, they make these just statements and they're actually, you know, the people aren't, aren't victims, they're celebrities, but it, I could see it being flipped in the media or whatever to be like, look, look with this community, how they're victimizing these people. <clears throat> and yeah, it's just, look, it's a dude. It, it's a man. It's got a schlong. Like that's their, their evidence. <laughs> Is just these absurd, you know, rude claims, and there may be something to it. Don't get me wrong, but it's not helping the case. You know, to to that's how you present your evidence, and that's what your evidence is. Yeah did uh, did you send me that article that was in the news where they're where they're drawing attention to this? Uh... They call it, oh, this, yeah, the trans investigation conspiracy theory. That was in some news article. Uh, no, that, that wasn't me. Yeah, somebody sent that to me. I, don't, I didn't get around to posting that, but, yeah, that exactly what you're talking about, where they're pointing mm. towards that. And it was a couple of celebrities. I, don't, I can't keep track. I can't even begin to keep track of any of these celebrity people, but they were saying that, yeah, the Internet's calling them out as... This couple is calling them out as trannies, and uh, and they and they characterize it as all the here's the here's the new one of the more wacky conspiracy theories to hit the uh, internet. Just keep in mind too, people, that this is going to be probably of. Uh, you talk about short memories. This won't be forgotten, though. This is something that's going to come up in the future. When they start ratcheting, which I think that eventually they're going to get around to this, and this is going to be uh, Internet 3.0 or whatever they call it. It's going to be the it's going to be the uh, f- family-friendly version of the Internet where they're going to start. Um, and I, I've, I've heard it characterized as, oh, yeah, they're going to pass legislation that's going to ratchet the Internet down and make it regulated and controlled. I don't, I don't think it necessarily is going to pan out that way. I think we're already seeing it with these uh, restricted mode on YouTube 
where it's like you turn that on and it's like it it's like where's all your truther channels gone they're gone all gone cnn's still there but it's like well we don't want any children to see any any uh, uh controversial content that made a serve and it's like okay w- uh, what about abc cnn where they're showing all this terrorism and all this other crap well that's that's okay uh but anything controversial oh so that none of that's controversial okay that's just totally idiotic but um but that that's how the internet is going to be slowly ratcheted down but it, it's going to be it's also here's another thing too that's important it's like how do people consume this stuff because if if the majority of people are watching youtube through their television and they and they're going to use the restricted mode to keep their young children from you know watching like hardcore porn or whatever that's on there uh then that's what they're going to be utilizing to so it'll be kind of an opt-in thing it won't be some mandatory coming down from the state it's just it's just going to be brought in through the the way that people use it and people consume the media and stuff like that that's one way they they didn't um create the term fake news for truthers to get the truth out they, you know, it's pretty pretty apparent fake news was created, at least from my eyes, to totally discredit true news. Um, uh, whether it's the truth or using it against the mainstream or the mainstream making asses of themselves, with, or not the mainstream, the uh, truthers making asses of themselves by, like, hammering on flat earth or whatever. And, again, I don't care what the shape of the planet is. I care what you're talking about. You know, so they they popped out the fake news thing. So right now we're using it against them. But in the long run, who's who's hearing what we're using? And then in the in the long run, on the mainstream, what are the mainstream viewers, which is the mass public, going to believe? And then when they get you know fake news like the truthers, um, you know overlap in and in, in they lump us into an umbrella. Um, you know, the truthers believe the world's flat. The truthers believe 9-11 was nuked. Uh, you know, the truthers believe all, like it becomes asinine, which it is. It's already asinine. Places and shoot up. Right? What's that again? Yeah. I think that was major. The the Pizzagate shooting, you know, at the pizza place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Throw that one in there. You have flat earth and, and Sandy Hook, uh, People yeah. questioning the the parents. Yeah, I sent you that article because that guy um, <clears throat> he was talking about he was into conspiracy for thirty years, but he finally had to like throw it away and tell truthers to fuck off because like Pizzagate and he ran he randled off some issues, you know. And I, I kind of scratching my own back, but you know, I was from the get Pizzagate. I was like, it's made to look us make us look stupid. You know, there's no doubt there's child um, trafficking and abuse, and it makes me sick. But like attaching the slices of pizza to it, and uh, and then having the truthers run around like um, can't remember what that broad's name is, but she she got so graphic and it made me so sick when she talked about folding up a slice of pizza and it looked like a bloody vagina. I was like, are you kidding me? I can't remember so her name, but she's born. Yeah, that lady. Yeah. That lady. That broad painted the ugliest picture of my life in my mind, and I'm like, you're on the good guy side. Like, 
you know, to me, we're all tainted, not us on this caller listeners. I don't mean that, but I mean, we as the truth movement, it's tainted because I'm looking at that too. And coincidentally, some of the big ballers, the big players on stage <clears throat> come from the exact same schools that <clears throat> like this art, art psyop and music psyop and acting psyops come out of. So they come on, you know, school, like schools I come across are like Swarthmore, Columbia, UC Berkeley, <laughs> the same exact schools. So we're all, it's, you know, uh, it's all meant for us to do this. You know, I, I, I just kind of rewinding when we're talking about the NASA stuff and then the fake you there, like, we're to believe that, you know, Laurel Canyon had like the, the, the epicenter of movie making and producing or, you know, allegedly editing nuclear footage, but we kind of jump the shark and suggest they fake like moon landing footage or other ideas. But, and so they had this big operation and those, you know, for their day probably were good efforts and through nowadays, critical thinking that's why they're kind of unraveled but now they send us pictures of people on strings and we you know we as truth is like look this guy's hanging on a string you know floating around in the space station there's bubbles i mean i i feel i'm smart enough to be like if i was an evil villain i'd be like we need to look at these videos for editing and catch stuff that we didn't catch in the moon landing. So we know Joey's over there wearing a string. Let's make sure the string's not in the video that we sell to the, to the populace as um, history. You know, I mean, this stuff is laid out. When you use the word blatant, I think it's intentional. And I, I know that sounds kooky, but I don't know. I mean, if the NSA is listening, you know, I'll do a better job, you know, <laughs> just kidding. You know, I could do a better job than all of these people, like critically avoiding what we pick up as red flags. Like we would be some of their best uh, weapons effort because we pick up the red flags that they leave around. And at this point I picked up so many red flags to me, it's becoming apparent that they're leaving them intentionally. So I feel there's red flags left intentionally with all these conspiracies and it's maybe to jumble up the conspiracy and create chaos and discord amongst the idea, or it's just to create people like us. I'm not sure about that because, um, we talked about this before with like continuity errors in film and like, you know, like you go into a Hollywood production and you know, that's millions of dollars go into that. And you're, and you're talking about, you know, relatively speaking, like of, you know, you know, you have your actors and your extras and stuff like that. It's like, I think it's an unavoidable consequence of doing any kind of large scale production like Sandy Hook. Like there were going to bound to have continuity errors. There was just no way around. There's, I don't think there's really any practical way around that. So like when people are saying, oh, they're they're throwing this stuff out there on purpose. It's like like with the with the piss poor actors and stuff like that. It's like it's like not. I don't. I don't necessarily think so because it's. I think that's an inevitable consequence of doing something like that because they're not going to be able to get top quality actors. They're just not going to be able to do that. There's just not. So they're going to have to go with what they got. And it was like piss poor. It was the shittiest. Some of the shittiest acting you can imagine. But it was like at the same time too. There's this phenomenon. I don't have a word for it. It's like 
um, there, I do believe that there's, it, it's, it, 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 well, it could be both. It's like they, they, they're not so concerned. It's like the Mark, let me back up. It's the Mark, it's like the Mark Twain quote or that's attributed to him. It's like reality, um, the difference between reality and fiction is that fiction has to be somewhat realistic. It's like reality doesn't. It's like – and then they show you the plane going through the building and coming out the other side. It was a ridiculous cartoon. That's not, that's not reflective of any physics that I'm aware of. But people believe in it because it was on TV and it was presented as real. And it's like I think there's, there's a, a component. There's, an, there's something about that that like when you buy into it and it's so ridiculous – that you are more mentally enslaved as a consequence. It's like with Sandy Hook, I don't think they intentionally put shit in there to tip people off, but it was just an inevitable byproduct of doing some B-level production and passing it off as real. You're going to have continuity errors, but they don't care because it because they understand that principle. It's like, yeah, if you get the guy the the guy that's a daughter allegedly died just got through getting brutally murdered and he's laughing at some stupid joke right before he goes on TV that's good that's that's fine it's like cuz 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 they know that the overwhelming majority of people out there will buy it pretty much no matter what and then once they do they see the father laughing and they still buy it it's like yeah cuz then at that point they're they are even more further mentally enslaved by accepting something that's absurd well it's like it also and it talks about that in that in that book 1984 it's like how many fingers do i have up it's like you got to believe that they're you know he's holding up four but you have to actually believe that there's five you can't just say that there's five you have to actually believe it even though he's holding up four it's like that's that's where the state that's the state of most people now. They actually really believe Sandy Hook really happened. They actually really believe in the absurd moon landings, as absurd as they are now. Going back and looking at that, people believe in him. Why not? You know, and it gets me going back to well, if they're going to make a production and they, you know, they understand continuity errors, why don't you go with the production of zero continuity errors? And that's like. Not fake it, you know. Wow, they, they, because I think the colonizers are, are are just um, are inconsequential of getting because they they already know that like people that are going to be critical of what they're seeing that they're going to catch on, and then you know we're actually serving a certain purpose, and like you know of course they can even bring in these people that are controlled opposition. To do things like go after the perceived victims and, um, you know, do it brazenly and then point it out as like, oh, look at the victims are being attacked by these crazy kook conspiracy theorists. And it's like, well, they've done their job. It's like they've created this, uh, these two opposing camps, you know. But the majority of people are going to probably fall into the believing camp. Even though they may, you may talk to them one day and they'll say, oh, yeah, that Sandy Hook thing was really suspicious. Yeah, I don't know if I believe that or not. Talk to them the next day in another context and they totally 100% believe it. It, it's, it just seems so much more practical to have it really happen, though, instead of play it out and then leave uh, incredible 
plethoras of continuity errors. You know what I'm saying? I, they, my experience, children were killed at Columbine, whether Dylan and the other guy did all of them or any of them or not. People died there. Um, there's tons of red flags, people on the roof, guys with t-shirts, muscle bound dudes, black, you know, there's all kinds of red flags with Columbine, but people died there. And there's continuity errors with that still, you know, but the, those continuity errors are a microcosm compared to like a Sandy Hook or even like the Boston bombing where they have, you know, some of the craziest, like that's, that, those are some of the videos that really turned my head. And I was like, holy shit, this shit's not real. When they, we see one victim standing there, then she stands up and relocates to another spot. I'm like, that's incredible, you know? And I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm not debating it, but I just don't, I don't understand if, why would they kill him sometimes or one time and then fake the rest of them? I don't know what happened in the Aurora theater thing here in Colorado. I don't know if people died or not, but, um, I haven't even looked into it, but the, but the news gave us prime conspiracy candy right out of the gate. And that prime conspiracy candy went right to Bill O'Reilly on on a national forum and said, yeah, I, I saw another guy. You know, to me, that's not continuity errors. That's laying a crumb out. Well, um, and that guy, that. that guy I was referencing earlier, John Miller, during Sandy Hook, he was credited with having all the, the information first. Uh, you know, he's got all these intelligence connections I, I was I was talking about, and there's multiple articles that that uh, really uh, give him kudos for for somehow having having all the information first. Who who the shooter was? That his mother was dead. Uh, the number of victims. Like he throughout the day was was the first with all the info. Like uh, I wonder wonder why that happens. Well, it's, we've seen this too with these 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 psych, psychological operations, uh, and, and pointing this out, it's like, okay, you know, there's the five stages of grief. You know, there's um, I, I, I can't remember them off the top of my head, but um, yeah, you go through you know denial, grief stage, anger, and then acceptance. Well, you see this rapid cycling through the stages of grief in these PSYOPs events. It's like f- four days later, they're already in the acceptance phase. Well, I, I've accepted, I've forgiven the shooter, and we need, to, we need to love one another. And So they're in the acceptance phase. So they've already moved through, which would take a normal person like months or even years. They're, they're cycling through these stages of grief in very rapid, short time frame. It's like, does that make any damn sense? Well, yes, it makes sense to the mind of the person who's conditioned through hours and hours and hours of television and fiction. It's like this is how they receive things into their consciousness. This is how they've been conditioned to receive things in their consciousness. And even when they have this event presented to them that's supposedly real, they still expect it and consume it as if it's in the same way that they uh, consume fiction, except for they process it on a different because the officials are telling them that it's real. 
then this is real. So it has more of a visceral impact. It has more of a, even though what they're showing you is totally disconnected from your experience, if you've ever had a loved one die, or anybody else you know that's had a loved one die, or some a tragedy occur, that's not how it happened. You don't go to acceptance two days later. That's just not how it happens. But see, they can tell you this on television because that's the medium that we're conditioned to accept things through. And when they tell you it's real, it's real. And that's there's no two ways about it. So, yeah, they could go through absurdist scenarios where they're going through um, situations where the dudes in the case with uh, was it Cassiano, the guy that shot in Aurora, was shot four times in the back. He's out of the hospital the next day doing interviews, the next day doing interviews, the next day. Yeah, I was shot four times in the back. They, If you get shot once, they're going to hold you in the hospital for more than 24 hours just just to check and make sure that everything is even if the bullet passes through you and you're not and you're not you know seriously wounded it's just a matter of course that they're going to keep you longer than 24 hours they don't just process you right out of the hospital and this dude was shot four times and he's out giving the net interviews the next day well yeah cuz you got to speed everything up even the heal, even like uh, yeah. Jeff Bauman having his legs blowed off it's like he had to he was out Throwing out uh, what the Boston Bruins game, throwing out the the first pitch, and it or it, or he was at this hockey game too, wasn't it? That was like in weeks after he was getting his legs blown off. It's ridiculous. It's like the guy would still be in in intensive care and stuff like that. But see, even that process is sped up for television. Yeah. Do you do you remember uh, Christine Leinenen from uh, the Orlando shooting? she was being interviewed throughout the whole day starting up to where she she didn't know where her son was she got a call and she just came down and she she doesn't know if he's alive dead nothing but she's doing interviews and then you get the update and uh you know multiple interviews all throughout the day maybe up until the next day where she's smiling and uh, he's Orlando's son, and you know, <laughs> it's it just a—it's a beautiful, beautiful today. It, it was—it was absurd, and I've been through uh, tragic losses, and I've never seen what I think is a true-to-life representation in in any of these events of of any kind of sorrow, grief, loss, yeah, mania. That's me, you know. If yeah, I, uh, I'd be teared up. I'd be crying. Yeah. I'd be fucking freaking out. So you go into n- denial, anger, you go into bargaining, psychosis. depression, and acceptance. That's the five stages of grief. Yeah, when my dad died, I was like seventeen. I was like, I was a, I was bedridden for the first twenty four hours. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I sure as hell wouldn't have been on TV talking. I wasn't even that close to my dad. I didn't even grow up with my dad or anything. But I was like, I found my dad's dead. I was like, shit, man. I did. I was like, I was out of it. It wasn't. It wasn't. I wasn't. The idea of being going on TV doing interviews was just. That's just preposterous. That's ridiculous. Anybody that's yeah had had a tragedy or something like that, like uh, they they know that that's not real. Combine that with 
the natural nervousness of going on TV. So like mania from Greece, <laughs> mine with the natural nervousness of going on TV, I'd be like blathering, man. I'd be nuts. Of course. You know, like I'm nervous going talking now. And so if like I was, ner- if I was nervous talking now and you know, I'm talking about the death of a loved one, I'd be like, ah. you know, shit, I fucking emotional person. And, death brings out the emotions for almost all people. You know, it has to, I don't know. I'm guessing, you know? <laughs> yeah, you would think, but, uh, no, you got, uh, was it Cassidy stay that had her entire family brutally murdered and she's out within days, like giving like this, uh, heartfelt speech and she's smiling ear to ear and she's like waving and, uh, she supposedly had her finger blown off, but you don't see any bandage or anything on her finger at all. Just stuff like that. It's just totally disconnected from reality. But it's like, just like the, 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 the Mark Twain quote, it's like, yeah, reality, it doesn't even have to be realistic at all. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Yeah. It's, 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 that's hard for, like, some... Maybe it's hard for us to process that for us, but like for the average TV head, it's like it doesn't have to be realistic in in any way, shape, or form. All the only requirement is that the official it comes out of officialdom, and I think that's the important thing. And no matter how absurd it is, it's going to be accepted by the masses because it's it's if the official word. And like, um, yeah, I rant and rave yeah. about that a lot because I think that's important too. It's like. Your invisible daddy, your invisible earth daddy, which is government and some abstraction that people have, you know, because especially in kind of the modern day, I think most people or a lot of people have to one degree or another, like they they don't even like the idea of God or and they ridicule that. But they have this very, very strong conviction and a deep abiding faith in this thing called government, which is an abstraction that doesn't even exist. And that's their Earth Daddy. That's they they believe in that. And the idea that Earth Daddy is going to lie to them that's that's out of the question. To that extent, that lie to the lie to them, it's like no, no, I, I can't accept that. I think that's really it's like this it's like this paternalism that's going on that people don't. It's not ref, it's not brought up that much. I think that it needs to be pointed out more. It's like it's like what is going on here? It's like the most absurd scenarios you, you can imagine are being put on television and portrayed as real and people accept it like unquestionably it's like bizarre it's like the like this shit now with this with this muslim terrorism um oh yeah kalita was saying like uh this concert that they just had with the with what was it b justin bieber and the and this other, what was this chick, the Ariana Grande chick, and the and the Miley Cyrus? It's like, what are they having this this big concert in memorial to this Manchester thing that just happened? Was it not even two weeks ago? It's like, how the hell do they have this all together within two weeks? All these, they have a venue, they have yeah. all these stars and stuff within within two weeks. That is ridiculous. <coughs> That is re- absolutely ridiculous, man. You can get all of that together within two weeks and have it now. They're having it now. Today, I think. Yeah. That's ridiculous, dude. Well, when he gets it, so you put it out, you know, like maybe maybe one of the Copelands <laughs> helped out Miles. 
came out of retirement to oh, drum up a big old show. Fucking retarded, man. It's, it's, when, is that even remotely possible? When you... <laughs> oh, she, no. Yesterday, it was yesterday, Lita says. They're philanthropic. <laughs> Justin Bieber is a philanthropist, bro. So they have time off and everything they can take. Money. Aren't they touring and all this other horse shit going on? All these different Miley Cyruses and people, and and they and they and they drop whatever and they get this thing all scheduled and all set up and, and a venue and tickets and everything within two weeks. Give me a break, man. How how well, outrageous. their priorities are in order. It's totally outrageous. I don't together, you know. I don't even think that's even remotely possible, though. It, it's just, it just can't be, man. Because, uh, yeah, this shit takes some planning, logistics and shit, man. I mean, you got to get a venue. You got to get it. You got to have it vacant. You got to have it. Okay, what is what is your capacity going to be? It, and there's like, not only that, but there's tons of peripheral shit that goes around, like the security, the everything that's got to be coordinated and, and brought into it. And it's like. Oh shit! Two weeks they got this thing going. And it was yesterday. It's like well, everybody came together and and pulled their resources and and made it happen because blah blah blah. You know, I'm sure you know. I'm sure there's an announcement being made. You know, thanking so and so for all their their diligent effort to pull this together so quickly. And yeah, know. yeah, it just moved hell and high water to make it happen. And, yeah. Even yeah. if they wanted to, if people wanted to, I don't think it would be uh, to. No, I don't think it'd be possible. I really don't. I really don't think it would be possible. It, it's just too many. Because when you, you you're gonna have so many variables enter into something like that to have it go off without a hitch in that short of a time frame is just not even feasible. <laughs> it's just not. <laughs> Katy Perry and Miley Cyrus are notorious for their stage shows of like simulating sex with like guitars and microphones. So I mean, did they tone it down, or I mean, was it? I wonder. I wonder how that. I wonder who who they hired for like choreography and uh, presentation because they have some. You know, when I had to research music before I let my daughter listen to it, I saw. I could not believe what these chicks do on stage at their concerts. They simulate sex with instruments, literally. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a collection of all of them. It looks like um, I had the list here for a second, but it was Justin Bieber, Katy Perry, Coldplay, Miley Cyrus, Marcus Mumford, Robbie Williams, Pharrell Williams, this, this is the concert that they had yesterday in response to the this is the concert the same one you're talking about the, the, one love manchester benefits yep <laughs> draws massive audience three million dollars what you want to bet that there you, you go look at this thing and they're going to have choreographed dancers and all that so they got the choreography worked out and the multiple performances and everything and the venue and the setup, and like Mahatma Coates saying, who knows sound systems? And you know, you can't get that shit together. And it's, it's like, yeah, like putting together the sound system, the, the whole thing, the wiring and all that shit, the lights and all that shit. <laughs> the uh, Ariana Grande 
the final song of the evening was Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And I remember talking about um, uh, Talking Heads had the Sandy Hook kids over and they made a cut of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. So we need to keep watching for that right there. Yeah, they they stick to these uh, little themes, these little memes and shit that are in these things that give them that have common so they keep a common thread going yeah. going through all of Disney. it. Yeah, it's like they're it's all like Disney, Disney not all of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a big production. Yeah, and they all I had this all ready to go. See, and then um yeah, the with the theme and everything. I bet you go back and watch it and it's all choreographed choreographed dancing and it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I'm you know, uh, what do you call it, uh, where they get together and um, collaborations, you know, all that kind of thing, I'm sure, too, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, where they have to do the uh, uh, duets and all that horseshit. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Is, is Somewhere Over the Rainbow from The Wizard of Oz? What movie is that from? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know that's a little uncold, but you know, depending. I don't know. It's all so strange. Yeah, there's probably a little. There's probably a uh, a good little framework to find with this, like Cooper, did, whose property it was on, so on and so forth. That would give some interesting clues. That would have been a. I, I would imagine that would have been a good song. They have like a concert for the Orlando Gay Club, right? Like somewhere over the rainbow would have been fitting probably for that one too, huh? Oh, and it's that's I another do. thing. It's uh, at the it's the anniversary of the Pulse shooting. Yeah. In what a week or so. Damn. Well. <laughs> yeah. Rainbows. Rainbows. <laughs> wow. This could be a big psyop. Like, <laughs> yeah, June. June. June is Gay Pride Month. Is it actually Gay Pride Month? June is Gay Pride Month for real. Well, it says a day actually. Oh yeah, it was. To... They were talking about that last year when it happened or whatever. When whatever happened, that's what they were saying. Yeah. Oh, during Gay Pride, blah blah blah, and then and then they they then the Gay Pride uh, parade or something was in L. A. with right around that same time or something oh yeah and the yeah they they stopped the guy who was supposedly going to shoot it up right right yes yeah well that's yeah oh, there yeah. was some talk about something like Jeez. that that there was going to be a guy that yeah uh, yeah he was plotting against it or whatever i put in gay oh, right oh, yeah. google and my whole browser and everything turned fucking rainbow color <laughs> so yeah it's june june yeah and this this dude i made a post about this dude named donnie the punk and put it on the blog and that guy is um the dude i think who coined the term pride donnie the so all of the you know how we talk about punk coining all these gay gay lexiconic yeah. events um donnie the punk coined the word pride funny 
Yeah. And who is this? Punk. Who is this guy again? He's a punk rocker. He, uh, yeah, he's a punker that like he he has the craziest story. I'll actually send you the little thing I did, but he um, super super sketchy. Um, I'll just I send think it the to punk you, but he refers to prison punk uh, with his case, though. Absolutely, literally, yeah, because he likes going to prison. Like, some of the stories about him were, like, he was in jail and was raped by 45 guys at once. Like, some of the crazy, over-the-top stuff, but then he becomes part of, like, the um, group of punks that are um, anti-prison, and that connects to, like, MC5, and there's a bunch, and, like, a bunch of different punk bands connect to, like, letting people out of prison. Um, so, yeah, like, he... over crap. Yeah. <laughs> One. <laughs> but yeah, his dad was like a naval officer and uh he was kicked out of the Boy Scouts for sexual behavior with other boys. He was uh a member of the Mattachine Society, which Henry Harry Hay started. And Harry Hay was a member of NAMBLA, but it, like Mattachine Society was one of the one of the earliest um homosexual organizations out of New York. So it was one of the one of the forefronts, and Donnie the Punk was in that. Um, I, I want to say he went to. I want to say he went to Columbia, and then he started going to jail, and then um, kept going to jail on purpose, like uh, so he could be gay. Is what the story says. I don't even know. I don't believe his story. <laughs> I'm not kidding, but I mean, I, I don't even believe, I don't even know if I believe this story for him after I looked at it and looked him over and was like, holy smokes, you know, I think he's just like a made up character to build narratives and to go preach ideas because, you know, I don't know, I, you know, how do you get raped by 45 guys? You know, I'm, I mean, in one like sitting or whatever. Yeah. You won't like, be doing that living after that. I mean, you think about it, it's like, how would that even really happen? I mean, aren't there prison guards and stuff? Were the guards in on it? Like, yeah. it's like, okay, yeah, 45 yeah. guys, it's, it's rape time, boys. Like, yeah, sense. actually, I remember this, too. One of the, he said the prison guard was in it. And when you look at the prison guard, his daughter was like the first female cop to get killed in the line of duty. And that was in D.C. So there's all these, like, firsts. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the prison guard, I think his name is Cooper is a black guy and his daughter became famous because she was the first female cop killed in duty. Um, but he was the one who set up him getting raped by 45 guys. I remember he was also, um, a Buddhist Quaker. He self proclaimed Buddhist Quaker. Like it's every red flag I'm like starting to sense. It's like, he's all of them. Who's this guy? But yeah, I just had to throw that in there. Donnie the Punk. Uh, his real name's uh, Stephen Donaldson. I'll send you my little post on him, or I'll post it. Yeah. But... Donnie the. Punk. Yeah, it's it's all whacked, and then you know, I don't know. I'll shut up. It's it's nuts. No, it's true. But the idea that, like, oh, you, you if you want to be gay, like, oh, well, you, you know, your your best place to go is freaking prison. Are you kidding me? I mean, it's just, 
that's absurd. Like, oh, I, I, I mean, well, you hear about these guys that, well, they, you know, they go reoffend and 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 go hold up a place uh, so they can land back in jail because they're more comfortable there. So that was supposed to believe that he's just more comfortable in jail because he has a higher likelihood of being raped by forty-five guys or something. I mean, with him being on the national front, that adds to the technocracy of psychology too. So yeah, he's out there um, creating possibly like I, like I said, it's my opinion. A lot of it's bullshit, but um, he's creating these psychological ideas about closet homosexuality. He's creating all these um, uh, tools, not tools, but just elements of psychology that um, mitigate, justify, need to react or or uh, compensate for those issues. You know what I'm saying? Like, he creates a whole, you know, that's what all all of his stories about, like, being a trapped homo, uh, even though he was completely open about it, you know, it all reverts back to that. Well, I just remembered the other day, I was, I was telling Nino, actually, earlier, about how um, I remembered, you know, there was this TV show, in the early 2000s uh, on Comedy Central called The Man Show. Uh, and, yeah, they they brought this guy out, like, uh, who who lost a bet or, or he was getting paid $10,000 a year or something like that to, uh, to get a boob job. And he came out on TV, you know, on cable, with with no shirt on. Like, I, I, I'm hearing some echo. Yeah, uh, let me check. Uh, you hearing it now? Uh, nah, it sounds good now. Okay. But yeah, so uh, I remember thinking at the time, you know, there's a there's an agenda behind this because. There was all kind of uh, gay stuff going on in the media like 10 years ago, the whole metrosexual thing coming out and the, and the uh, queer eye for the straight guy, you know, all these TV shows and stuff. And then here comes this man who has breasts and they were uncensored naked on television. And it, it turns out that he decides, you know, as the story goes, he wants to keep them. Uh, so he's been getting $10,000 a year to keep these, these fake tits. Like that's, that's, that's all it takes for a man who, who presents, I guess, as a man most of the time with, with breast, uh, to, to do that. But yeah, he, he did it. I guess, I, I think the story went as he lost the bet. So he got him in, you know, but then. The story goes, he, he liked them so much, you know, he keeps them. It's like, why was this on on TV? Did they did they let him jump on the trampoline at the end, too? <laughs> <laughs> With the juggies? Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> it, it's all up on YouTube, I think. Uh, I, have actually, I have a couple of those seasons on DVD myself, actually, but... Uh, I, don't, I never saw that one, but that's ridiculous. And then, so you said, so who's paying him uh, ten thousand dollars a year? His, his friend, I guess. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> I mean, if it's all to be believed. Yeah, believe. All right. Yeah. He had, he had what, what is it? Breast implants? Is that what it was? Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll send you. Uh, I'll send you a story right now. I'm looking at one. Oh, that's totally ridiculous. Like what? Yeah, and what was the point of it? Fully I mean, exposed. Exactly, exactly. There, there was, it wasn't a joke, other than, other than the absurdity of it, and and the shock factor of you're seeing breast on television, you know, fully exposed, uncensored, and it's a man. It's, yeah. Wow. It, I it mean, it's just the mind fuck of a joke, if if you want to call it a joke. To me, I even even at the time, I, I saw it as propaganda. I mean, a lot of the, I mean, a lot of the bits they did on that show were kind of like, you know, along those kind of lines, like where it's like, you know, weird, like dudes being casted as in 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 female roles and and things like that. Um, so some weird stuff with that. Yeah, that's that's definitely a a big one. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there's a lot of examples you could go through those those that series and 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 find like, you know, all, and I'm just thinking of this now, but you could find a lot of things that are are, you know, a lot of guys in drag, a lot of, uh, you know, jokes like that. Uh, do you remember the man ponds one, like the the tampon for dudes? <laughs> like, yeah, like, I, that's kind of ringing a bell. Yeah, there's like, but, but those were like pre pre produced skits. Like this was just yeah, just the idea of bringing out yeah. a, a real man, you know, and this is his real life. Oh, okay, I see. I'm sorry. I thought he was like a he was like because sometimes they'd have like audience members that would you know do these challenges or, or things like yes, that. So no. he, okay, this I got was you. a guest. From from what's supposed to be a, a real story, like I, I just okay. sent Chris an update from 2016 uh, Daily Mail, and yeah, he's still got them and he's he's flaunting them like right here in the picture, nipples and all. Says so, man who got breast implants on a hundred thousand dollar bet. Yeah, still waiting for it to load. Hope it didn't crash my browser, but. Man, Daily Mail is just, you go to some of these sites and it's just so freaking many ads. Now, this guy oh, here. Actually, it says here he, he is getting them removed now. He is getting them removed. After 20 years. Yeah, after 20, 20 years, years. My bad. <laughs> yep. Like, I mean, is it just for money? I mean, then why even bother? Why, why, why not just? Die with them. I mean, weird, very weird. Oh, okay. It says Mr. Zembek, a gambler, a magician who lives in Las Vegas, Nevada, got a man boob job in 1996 after a friend bet him $100,000 he couldn't keep them for a year. A year and countless double takes later, he was six figures richer and a whole lot bustier. Mr. Zembek recently caught up with Inside Edition to explain why he keeps his cans even though the bet ended 17 years ago. Fucking sick, man. Yeah, and it was they were putting it on TV, you know, fifteen, twenty years ago. 
uh, it, it was obscene. Yeah, it's showing a picture of it. Doesn't he? I mean, it just looks like a dude with something stuffed under his skin. It looks just looks off. It looks all really screwed up looking. <laughs> it doesn't look like dude. It that's like what the, I think all this fake shit looks like. It looks horrible, whether it's on the face, the breast. It's gross. No, yeah, even on women, they don't look. Yeah, they get uh, some of them look worse than others, but like some of them just look really bad. Like that, you, you just tell it's just like that is just totally fake. Yeah, I think that like uh, even just the idea of it is is disgusting. Just the idea. Yeah, they get what is it like? They put uh, these either saline or silicone implants, and they're just like these bags of crap that you're getting surgically implanted into you. Yeah, the idea is just really bizarre, man. I mean, yeah, it's just how is that even appealing, though? I mean, other than okay, like, like in certain, like I was saying, in certain instances. It doesn't look too bad. It it, it depends, of course. But like, um, yeah. Like in in actual in reality, it's like this is. Uh, I, I've never dated a gal that's had those, uh, uh, and I've I don't I can't even remember even talking to anybody that's ever dated anybody that's had those. Have you guys? Mm, my, my uncle's wife has them. Are they like outrageously big, or are they like somewhat reasonably yeah, they're, sized? They're just like super big and round. You know, they've got that fake big round kind of look. You know, they they don't have the proper sag that would seem natural. I'm not talking like mm-hmm. saggy, just just a you know what what they would normally look like. It yeah, it, it seems very fake and, and Barbie doll to me. I used to work with a lady that she had said that she had them, um, and I, if if it wasn't for being told, I wouldn't have guessed necessarily. But yeah, but again, yeah, it's like one thing. It's one thing when you have like a shirt and a bra on and stuff like that, you know. Like I, who, I don't know. Like you know, I wonder. I wonder because yeah, some of the, I guess the people have a problem or something. Like it makes sense, you know, if you have there's probably different issues that it, it might make sense like for aesthetic purposes or something but then but then yeah like some of these extreme things i'm sure it looks weird and then unnatural and you know like just like a a phony thing but uh, i i like is it i would imagine it would be less likely to notice when when someone's dressed right like <laughs> Yeah, but, like, even in, like, cleavage, you can see, like, the skin's, like, stretched too tight. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, like... Yeah. Not the right softness, or... Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it's just art. It's some piece of... It's, like, plastic in there. It's just ridiculous. I don't, yeah. It's, like... Uh, I don't know. It's just purely for, uh... Yeah, if you've ever been well, to Vegas, you see plenty of that around, and, uh... Like these women, and like some of them are okay. They're pretty good looking, and then like they got this uh, augmented breast, and it just looks 
wrong. I don't know. It just looks doesn't look doesn't fit their shape. Doesn't fit their body. Doesn't look proportional. Yeah. Doesn't look right. And it's like, what the hell are you doing that for? It's like, uh, yeah, an otherwise really attractive woman would have this. Uh, it's like a contraption on their chest. It's like just not doesn't look right to me. Yeah. I guess that's my opinion, but I don't know. So I guess certain. Like, guys are turned on. It's like anything down there that makes them look bigger, I guess, it works for that. But it's like, it, doesn't look, it doesn't look right. Some of, some of those, some of them are just obviously wrong. It makes them look, like, all top-heavy and all fucked up. It just doesn't. A transsexual lady who went to uh, prison because she was given ass, ass um, jobs, making them bigger with fix-a-flat. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. With what? There's I didn't a, hear the last part you said. Fix a flat. The stuff you put on oh. your tire to pump it up. Yeah, okay. she went to jail for performing ghetto booty booty mods. Oh my god. Uh, she was cutting people open and shooting fix a flat and concrete in their asses and they'd get infections and she got yeah. sued and put in jail. Why the hell would you get put in jail? I mean, as if... Why? I mean, if the person signed up for that... Like, okay, I'll I'll a license? I guess, but I mean, if... if yeah, that's, that's I mean, a that's ridiculous, but... I guess, but like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if if you're signing up, or if you're going to the neighbor to, like, get your, your, your ass, uh, you know, implants, and, yeah. and, and you see the bag of concrete in the corner, whatever, like, I mean... That's kind of on you, I think. Well, uh, I think what they what they factored into it was the mental state of these people. At least from what I read, that's my interpretation I got there. Like, yeah, they're taking advantage of people, lying to people, saying it was okay. I did it to myself, you know. So it's not just like, hey, I'm going to jam concrete in your ass. You know, you may die. It's, you know, her selling it and, and, uh-huh. and mitigating right. it and, you know. Right, we'll save you a bunch of money. We can do just what they're doing in the in the doctor's office. We can do right here in my garage. Can't uh, you find something better than like fix a flat, though? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like you can go get uh, silicone. You know, to do windows and stuff like that. Like that would be better, I would think. Just straight up silicone in tubes, and it's not that expensive. Well, no, I guess it is. No, fix a flats is more expensive than that shit. I mean, you use fix a flats. Yeah, you could get you could get good silicone for you know four or five bucks. What about that great stuff foam? You ever use that shit where you can fill cracks? <laughs> yeah, and that's and stuff? the stuff to use right there. Yeah, the, oh, yep. you get seriously foam. bootylicious with that. You can just go freaking <laughs> there, man. man. That that might work the best. I don't. But that, yeah, yeah. Have you and ever? It expands too. So. Oh hell yeah! I tried to. Um, I had these. Ti- I had these uh, tires on these on this cart that I made. It was like a tool cart. And uh, so I so you can fill tires up with that stuff, and it actually worked good. Oh, wow. on, yeah, it actually works good on two of them, but two of them went half flat. I don't know what the hell is going on. But um, I might have to redo them with that stuff. But yeah, you spray it in the tires and makes them permanently uh, inflated. Yeah, that's 
Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It would be like permanent because, I mean, it can't. How could it ever go flat then? Like, uh, I mean, GG, that stuff is like, if you ever try to go back and and get rid of that stuff, like after it was done, like say years ago, somebody did it, and then you try to get rid of that stuff, it's it's like impossible. That stuff is just yeah, it, if it's it, like welded on there. I was wearing, which I I do this like a retard, but I, I it, like I I did that project. And of course, I'm wearing like my best flannel shirt as I'm doing it, and it and it and okay, so of course it's going to explode and that shit's going to fly everywhere. And it got in my hair yeah. and it got on my shirt. And it's like that shirt is done. Like there's nothing you can do about yeah. it. It's done. It's going to have. It's yeah. got. It's got fix a flat on it. It's like it's 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 screwed. Like you're not going to get that off. It's just not going to yeah. come off. Yeah. And you and you get yeah, in your I hair. To, uh, you got to cut that. You got to cut it yeah. out of your hair. It's yeah. Not coming out. I well, even like I use it pretty often, and I try to wear gloves. If I don't wear gloves or something, and it gets on my hands. It'll be on my hands for two or three days, you know. Yeah, wear gloves and don't wear a good shirt. Maybe <laughs> even wear yeah. Maybe wear even wear like a face shield with a if you have one. Yeah, with literal language because they're fixing flat butts. <laughs> you know, they're making them round and, and booties. So yeah, like somebody's like, "What should we do?" Like. <laughs> but your butt was jammed in their own ass. Hard too. So that's and, it, and it's actually a transsexual person, a male to female. So they did it and gave themselves like a a dancing booty, a really bad one too. Like these people look so misshapen. They look like kachina dolls and stuff, and it's sad. Truthfully, you know, in the heart, you know, I you know, I'm like golly, I'm so glad that I'm just as mentally as. You know, I, I'm my own little mental mess and not that mental mess because that is just insane, dude, in my opinion. You yeah. can't you can't be normal and stick pixel flat in your own ass. You can't be normal and cut yourself. You know, cut yourself, period. And then cut yourself and stick a tube in there. And then you kind of got to <clears throat> span it around there. You know, it's like aspirating lungs or something when you're a mortician. You got to fan that pixel fly shit around to get it, you know, shapey. I mean, imagine the pain that person was in doing that. Uh, wow. Yeah. Sorry I did that, guys. Oh, graphic. Well, if, yeah, if you're going to do it, do it right, though. I mean, I would think, like, you could get something <laughs> inflatable and, you know, wash it good. Maybe uh, you might even go as far as, like, sterilizing it with, like, rubbing alcohol or something. And just pack that in there, and then inflate it, and then you can have Saturday night booty. Like it really inflate it good. Just have like the have the valve stem sticking out the side of your hips, and then you can inflate it to whatever. Yeah, like I was saying, if it's disco night, you want them really big. If you if you work casual, you want to maybe do twenty psi per cheek or something like that. <laughs> I do it, yeah, I do it sensibly, yeah. at least. So, so maybe you would be good with a tire tube, just like sterilize yeah. a tire tube and yeah, or a sw- like one of those swimmies, like for you know, like for little kids' arms, you know, like those things. Yeah, a swimmy. Um, yeah, not a tire tube. Like that would be that. ridiculous, but yeah, like a something like a muck. Yeah, or, yeah, it'd be about the right size. Yeah, or a uh, or like one of those inflatable pillows or something like that, or. Yeah, yeah, yeah like a camping pillow thing. Or yeah, yeah. Or, uh, I think we got something here. 
That that should be uh, the next ad. Hulkbuster that cosmetic surgery <laughs> at home, like a book, like you can order, like how to do cosmetic <laughs> surgery at home the right way. How to give yourself uh, butt implants with the with the home but uh, float floating device. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like the craftmatic adjustable bed. It, it's it, but it's adjustable butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you have instructions yeah. how to do it right. You don't want to go. You want to. You don't want to go off. I hope John's listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, home cosmetics. And uh, yeah, you get um, yeah, get get it get get the proper yeah. You don't want to go fix just sticking fix a flat in your butt. That's totally ridiculous. Right. Like where do they get oh concrete? They're putting concrete in concrete. It's like man. Like, so visualize that. Are they mixing it with aggregate? Are they like mixing it with aggregate? Are they putting it in powder form? But if like yeah, all, the, like, all the like, damn things you could put in your, why would you put concrete though? That would be like the last thing on the list. Like, you know what I mean? Like what? What was the idea behind that? I don't uh, uh, like. God, leave, man. Yeah, I mean, at least, well, like concrete is got all the rocks and stuff in there. I mean, it, at least if it was like. Uh, porcelain cement or something like that at least it would be smoother you know you wouldn't have all the lumps i would think that would give you cottage cheese ass or something wouldn't it but you, you ever get portland cement on you it's got like lie in it, it uh, yeah like shit. yeah yeah it'll start burning you it's like that i is... burned the hell out of my hands once yeah it burnt like it's a really I, w- I was working irritant. with it for like four hours with no gloves, and I didn't really think anything of it. And then, oh, it'll fuck you like, up, yeah. And then my hands, yeah, and my hands were 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 like were raw for for like I don't know, a good week at least. Like, and it, you it weren't. Bad. I bet it never crossed your mind. Hey, this I would maybe inject this into my girlfriend's butt. You know, like, that never yeah, no. entered your mind once. Like, no. yeah, where did people get these ideas? Is what I'm trying to figure out. Like, of all the damn things, like that's what you're going to use. Like, you know, it's just <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I definitely, I think the the, the foam would be uh, would be my, my. I would think that would be my. I'd go with that first. You know, my first choice. <laughs> yeah, foam or something like like uh you can go to Hobby Lobby and get that foam for pillows and shit. Like some, you know, but of course that's a little bit more money, but, I mean, come on. Like, think of the money uh, you're sure saving not going to like, a professional, though. you got to factor that exactly, in. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Thinking simply, though, you know, like you just make a little slit and just inject it in. You know, like they're yeah. thinking the hole is smaller, you know, I'm only going to put a little hole in you. <laughs> this little face of flat. Nozzle will fit right in there, about a quarter size slice. You know, I mean, wow. scarring will be minimal. Effects will be real. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I'm this curious is, though about these people then that allowed this to happen and everything. Like, like, I mean, she must have had quite a few victims or whatever that she did this to. Like, 
word didn't spread or anything, and and uh, like people. I think like, he had a storefront. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, either way, yeah. Like if it was, an, if you did it to enough people that you finally got locked up, I mean, a lot of people were obviously, you know, falling for. Uh, Maybe not a lot. You know, a lot to her is like probably ten. But I'm not saying it was only ten. I don't remember the story. Yeah. But two is insane. <laughs> you got two friends willing to do it. It's insane. And then you're looking at this person, the guy, the chick who does it. Like she has all kinds of plastic surgery. I'm like, looking at her right now. I just, I just pulled up a picture, and, and it's from behind, and the butt, the butt is insane. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! I'm gonna email this. Yeah, so you, you go to her. You you go to her. You stick it on the chat. You go to her and be like, "I want to look like you." You know? Hell no! Yeah, hell no! <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So maybe the mental state of these people really was. Uh, I don't know. Maybe she went to. I don't know the special ed school to find people or something. I'm not sure. That's weird, though. I don't know who would who would in their right mind, you know, sign it for that kind of thing. So obviously, it must have been damaged my. Did you mention yeah. that the that this uh quack doctor was a was a trans? Yeah, yeah. I said that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm working on other trainings. Wow. Wow, yeah. <clears throat> That's uh something very, very wrong. Something very, very wrong there. But like what yeah. I mean the regular cosmetic surgery is bad enough and that's totally legal and everything. And yeah. That, it, yeah, they say too that those silicone implants leak and they cause they yeah. say too that they cause cancer. I, I don't I don't know about that, but it would make sense that they would do something bad to you. I mean, it, yeah. Yeah, and then now there's yeah, well, Botox. People get like, uh, what is it? Some kind of botulism injected into their face. Yeah. If that doesn't Paralyzes sound like something that's some bizarre science fiction, I don't know what does. But like, that's commonplace now. It paralyzes the nerves. Yeah. Got to so paralyze. You, you paralyze the nerves so you can't like crinkle your face into that position and create wrinkles. I just heard of a lady. I don't know about. Six weeks ago, I heard about this lady um, that it was a relative of someone I know that she uh, got Botox and she died. She had, she had like a like a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old or something, and 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 all that. But yeah, she she went and got some Botox, and she didn't she didn't leave the office. Yeah, you know, I'm sure it was worth it. <laughs> I don't get that stuff, man. I just don't get it. Like, I mean, it doesn't because, like, you see pictures of people and stuff. These people look at it done. It doesn't look good. It just looks stupid. I think, like, why do you want your lips all like puffed out? Why do you want your 
I, I get like people will get all self conscious because they have a wrinkle or something or or whatever. I, I mean, I don't know. That's bizarre. You created that state. It's part of the psychology that they use against us, vanity. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. I guess that's what it even with, yeah, just breast implants and all that. Like, it, it all comes down to <laughs> the American dream. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, like having people obsessed with, like, spending money and how they look and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, that's uh, our culture. How did it get that far where you got people putting fix a flat in their butt and stuff like that? It's like, how could that ever possibly be expected to go right? You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. you have some crazy ideas. Like, uh, you know, if those stories are true, which um, that's another thing altogether, but... I, I don't I don't yeah, know that they're not. But Could but even true. if even if they aren't true, but but you still the idea of people ha- like being obsessed with how they look and having to you know get get like all this ridiculous you know putting saline bags or silicone or whatever like into their chest and everything because you know they have to look this perfect part that like the media or whatever you know the culture told them that that is what they're supposed to look like I mean that in itself is ridiculous and we know that people do that stuff oh yeah oh yeah so the idea that somebody would try to do some knock off do it yourself thing that doesn't seem like a question at all so I don't I don't yeah I don't know if I uh, doubt those stories I don't know it could could well be true which is frightening enough but yeah but uh yeah anyway thanks y'all for coming out chatting i think this is the first time that, that uh all every four horses ass has been on Ghostbusters uh, call one night oh that's right huh we got richard right. roy not so freemason and nino 210 all on the call simultaneously and, and john adams and had john adams on earlier so y'all are so that's proof that you're not the same person, at least. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Uh, yeah. Go I'm John Adams. Okay. <laughs> so now it's a, now it's a still in question. But uh, no, cool. Yeah, thanks, guys, for coming out. Uh, have to like close it up here. Uh, yep. Who else was Have on? a good night, everybody. Yeah, thanks, uh, Nino and you too. And Kyle and Richard and uh, who else was on? Uh, John was on earlier and had Adam. He had some echoing issues going on. I don't think he uh, was able to chime in, but yeah, maybe next time, man. Anyway, we got uh, still some people here on the chat. Cool. Um. I don't know if I'll list everybody off. I have to like close up the shop here. Uh, check out hoaxbusterscall.com for everything that's related to the hoaxbusters call and all of that. And uh, yeah, we may do an afternoon commute this week. Not sure where that stands, but um, we try to do a couple audios a week and then. Uh, if it comes up, it'll be on hoaxbusterscall.com, so check that out. Anyway, uh, 
yeah thanks again everybody have a good night talk to you hopefully next time bye guys good night night Thank you for listening to the Hoax Busters Call. You can subscribe to the podcast at hoaxbusterscall.com. You can support the Hoax Busters Call by rating it on iTunes, sharing it on social media. Fire off a donation at hoaxbusterscall.com. Conspicuous graffiti in public places. Hoaxbusters Call. Conspiracy. Just theory. Bill Nye gets his brand new show, and that is not an accident. I believe that show was built from scratch to coincide with Earth Day. Yes, and Flat Earth Day. <laughs> yeah, fl- yeah, and Flat Earth Day. The The show is called, if you guys, Netflix picked it up, Netflix, the new producer out there, uh, called Bill Nye Saves the World, one of the most pretentious titles I've ever heard of. Yeah, and it should be called Bill Nye Attempts to Save the Globe, because yes. it's definitely... For us, that show is to put a damper on what we are all doing. I don't mean us like you and I, Mark. I mean the whole yeah. Flat Earth community. Yeah, and when he was promoing that show, several several different interviews, he brought up Flat Earth, which was fantastic. He didn't have to do that. No but one he, used to bring up Flat Earth, ever. And now everybody's freaking bringing it up. Last month, a Senate subcommittee headed by Abraham Ribicoff charged that the federal government wasn't doing a good enough job of informing the public about ineffective vaccines. Scientists at the Division of Biologic Standards test vaccines for their potency and safety before licensing them for public use. However, the division does not determine the effectiveness of the vaccine. That is left to the manufacturers. A case in point is the influenza vaccine. Four scientists in charge of work on the flu vaccine during the 1960s found it to be ineffective, said they refused to give it to their own families. Two were transferred to other work, a third left the division. And over the entire 10-year period, not one word of their unfavorable findings was allowed to be published. But a more serious case involving the relationship between the leaders of the division and their scientists involves the adenovirus vaccine, a vaccine given to thousands of American soldiers to prevent certain cold-like symptoms. When it was shown that the vaccine contained a contaminant which caused cancer in laboratory animals, it was taken off the market. That was three years after the division's own scientists had pointed out the danger. Dr. Murray justifies the use of the vaccine by saying it took three years to examine the evidence against it. It was more important to use the vaccines than to take them off the market and remove the agent. Thus, for three years, American troops were injected with a cold-preventing vaccine, which was causing cancer in laboratory animals. 
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.